Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get your free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash iopanel. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, and MP3 player. Diabesity. Get the fuck out of here. That's is a that term. when you like are diabetic but you love sandwiches? It means that obesity and diabetes are so closely linked that they're yeah, no shit. Two sides of the same coin, you know. A new term does not need to be invented for that. Yeah, diabetes. You realize if you love fucking soda and love eating at Walmart, you're a fat piece of shit, and you probably are diabetic, aka you have diabetes. That's not fucking a thing. Was there smiling poop in the background? Oh, it's my pillow. Oh god. <laughs> Alright, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the IO panel. With me, as always, is Mr. I'm sorry, Dr. Neil Blevins, Esquire. There we go. I was waiting for it. Thank you for remembering. <laughs> Mr. Neil, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Um, I I went to a quick recap of, of my week since we were off last week. Um, I went to a concert on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. The lineup was Like Moths to Flames. They were okay. Silverstein, who's fucking awesome. They made the show for me, even though I like the other bands. Um, Memphis May Fire, which is the reason I went. And The Devil Wears Prada. Now, I bought uh, meet and greet VIP tickets mm-hmm. so I could meet uh, Memphis May Fire and The Devil Wears Prada. I have met Memphis May Fire once before, and uh, they actually remembered me, which was it, it touched my heart. That's awesome. Um, and I, I think I sent you guys a picture of gifts that I had made for them. Um, borderline stalker <laughs> gifts. <laughs> I found a a picture of all of them on the internet. He's like, I and... took a picture of each of them via my telephoto lens. And... <laughs> yes. <laughs> At comp- compromising moments in their life. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, but no, I, I did a purposefully poor Photoshop job and made each of them a keychain with their face and my face. But my face was on top of one of the other band members, which I just cut it out into a square. And then on the back, I wrote you know motivational things like you know keep your head up or what it wasn't that but oh, you know <laughs> so fucking fucking horrible. But they seemed to like them. I said I have a gift for you guys, and then they were like, oh, this is so awesome. You know, maybe they're just putting on a show. But I like to think they actually appreciated it. I don't know how often they need a keychain on tour, um, but I have a feeling at least one of the five of them will hang on to it. For a little while. Here's what I'll say. I think that that's awesome. I've never had that feeling about a band before. So, and I've always wondered how those people who have those feelings were like, they love the group so much that they're willing to go to that level to do something. And I'm like, I'm, I'm jacked that I know somebody who is that energized and that juiced about a musical band or, you know, whatever, that they would do something like that. Kudos to you, Michael, for, uh, I mean, Evan, for having feelings. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, James. Yeah, good job, Mike. <laughs> so, um, while I was at the concert, 
I, uh, since I got VIP, basically get in before everyone else. So I was right up against the barrier in front of the stage. Awesome seats. Um, like halfway through, I turned around to see how big the crowd was. And there were like maybe 300 people there, which was a shock to me. Cause I thought it was a great show, but also the, the venue would hold like 1500 easily. So that was kind of disappointing. Um, but all, you know, all the bands were, they, they put on the show as, as if it was packed, which is, uh, awesome. Mike, you would have not liked the music of the devil wears Prada. Mm -hmm. However, you would have bonded with their lead singer over a certain affinity for footwear because on stage he wore dress shoes with jeans. Nice. So I was like, oh, Mike, I love this guy. Were they shiny? Um, not particularly. They weren't like, you know, military shiny dress shoes or anything. But, um, you know, they were they were decent. You can see them in one of the pictures I put on Facebook. The one where he has crazy eyes and he's screaming into the crowd. <laughs> which is like, that's their whole show. So, yeah. But what really made the show for me was seeing Silverstein who I had heard of, but sometimes confused with the band Silver Sun Pickups, but they're not. Silverstein's fucking awesome. Mike, you would also like them because they are Canadian. Huh. And yep. I am, like like, like they were contractually obligated to meet you, I yes. am contractually obligated to like everything that is Canadian. That's correct. I they were not Silverstein was not contractually obligated, but since you mentioned that, I I love that saying. I'm happy I came up with it. Um, I think I, I like I it. like it too. Actually, yes, I'm yeah. glad you came up with it as well. Yeah, the the whenever you get VIP meet and greet tickets, that is a contractual obligation to spend time with me. So enjoy it. I um so, yeah, as you know, I had a similar, I did a similar thing where I paid a little extra. Actually, thanks to you, Evan, and saw mm -hmm. Bill Shatner. Good old Bill. Uh-huh. The smell a bowl of his hair. And <laughs> got a picture taken with him and everything. But yep. that, that whole thing was very, you know, I think I told you guys about it already, but it was very like, you know, the, the people are there, like his handlers are there talking to us, you know, like everyone's in line, you know, to see him. And don't look me in the eye. Yeah, it's like, don't talk to him, don't say anything, you know, like, basically, you know, like, don't do anything, just go over there, take a picture, don't touch him, blah, blah you know, like, all this kind of shit, yeah. and it's like, okay, great. Really? Yeah. That's sad. I mean, I just said, you know, I I loved your show, or something like that, and he's like, thank you. He's like, thank mm -hmm. you, you know, like, <laughs> like As, as like he that. Did, made no eye contact, just looked, kept looking straight ahead. You should have asked about like, horses, you. you should be like, what's your favorite horse? He'd be like, Whoa. Let's like, Whoa, talk. buddy, get out of yeah, here. Like, no let's no one's breeds. ever asked me that before. Yeah. <laughs> you must talk. really care. Yeah, let's talk breeds. You know? <laughs> I like Arabians. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a powerful animal. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like that's, that's from, uh, you know, that's from uh, Crimson Tide. So. Uh. <laughs> um, one last thing. Uh to say about the concert i'm going to send you guys a link in chat right now so you can click on it it is a band picture of silverstein now considering i had no i didn't know who these guys were actually so and you know it was kind of a darker room if you look at the gentleman in the brown jacket mm -hmm. and see his powerful mustache yes man 
So he has slightly more tanned or more olive skin than is perceptible in that picture, combined with the darkened environment of the concert. Dude, he was like the most enthusiastic guitar player I've ever seen. He's up there smiling, and uh, and he 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 and the other guitarist who's on the far right in that picture, they're like playing with each other the whole show, like chasing each other around stage. <laughs> he, he got down on one knee and like faked a proposal and stuff, and they were. That's awesome. It was great. It was great. So with this enthusiasm, the first thing I thought was, "That's the happiest Mexican I've ever seen." Mm. But he's not Mexican. But that's what popped into my head just because of the mustache. Racism. He's Serbian. I don't know what. I mean, he's from Canada, so he could be whatever. But, yeah, I was like, man, it's the happiest Mexican I've ever seen. (laughs) But I talked to him outside. He's a really nice guy. Nice. So the other person joining us who we've already. Yeah, yeah, sorry for monopolizing. Oh, no, that's fine. Is Mr. Brocious. Mr. Brocious, how you doing? Loving life, having a great time. So I know you making unique combinations of foods. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. This fucking guy. So I know that you went on a little trip uh, last weekend. So that's mm-hmm. why we couldn't do a show, which is fine. I'm not not complaining. Oh, just stating a fact. So tell us a little bit about your your excursion. Um, I went to. Perry, Georgia, to participate in Milsim West Caspian Gap. It's a mil military simulation airsoft game. High level realism. It's somewhere around thirty hours, thirty five hour op or something like that operation. A uh, lot of fun. A lot of best. The best time I've ever had playing airsoft. Honestly, hmm. um, I'm an I'm an avid airsofter, and I realize now what I've always craved was realism. And this was the real as real as you can get besides going to war. In my case, joining the Russian military uh, or becoming a Cossack in Ashkaban or wherever the fuck the city we were supposed to be defending was. And I was on the Russian yeah. side, and it was awesome. I had so much fun. Thank you, Joshua, Billy Dean Warren, and Brian Wilkerson. Billy Dean. Uh, no, what is his name? Anderson? I don't know. Brian. Brian and Josh, thank you guys for hosting a great event. Uh, I give you guys lots of credit and lots of props. I'm probably like the hugest like fucking fan of you guys, but great time. You you told me briefly about some interesting protective headgear that someone had. Mm. And there was a guy, a kid there in a, in a, in a, a very silver colander, <laughs> a spaghetti colander, a pasta colander, whatever you want to call it. Um, and he was not Pastafarian. He just he didn't know what I was talking about when I asked him if he was Pastafarian. He just was having fun. And that's the vibe that they have there. I mean, it's fun, but it's serious. You know what I mean? Like you can you can find that mix of people being like really wacky and then like people also being like, Yeah, we're <clears throat> we we came to win. You know? Um there's a camaraderie that you get that you don't get in like real life, unfortunately. Um, and there's a drive, like an overall push to do more and do better, um, that you don't get in real life. Unfortunately, like most times in real life, it's like, just do the minimum just to make it and you go back home and fucking live to see another day. But there it's like, you, you have the weekend to make a difference, to have an impact. And so every single thing you do, you push, you push, you go, you go, you go. And it was awesome. I mean, I'll, I'll talk more in detail about it later, but 
it was a good if thing. I may uh, if I may interject if if that is not everyday life or or whatever you said then you're hanging out with the wrong people you're absolutely right but I think for a lot of people and for me sometimes it's not everyday life you know a lot of times you're like everyone's uh, hanging out with the wrong people oh you're like I'll strive tomorrow you know I'll push I'll push for the goal and most people don't have a goal you know I, I'm sure some people I know a lot of people do but I think most people don't most people are like eh, I'm just trying to make it you know, which is not not the headspace you need to be in. Even if you're in a, even if you're in a mental place where you're like, I'm just making it. Mm-hmm. You can't be your life can't be in a place where I'm just like I'm just making it. You have to be like, I want to go here, I want to do that. Like you know, you have to you have to be. You can't be in a place where you're like, oh, just another day. Let me just get through this weekend so I can get fucked, so I can go fuck some fucking random strange chick or go to the bar or whatever. Or fucking fucking my life up somehow. You know, it was a good time. I had a, I had a ball. I mean, it just reinforced some of the other things I was like picking up from a book I read earlier, which later this that finished this week that we'll talk about too. So it was good. Parlay, parrying, I think parrying, off of what you said, like you should have a goal and everything. Um, related to what you said earlier about knowing someone who is sort of that into a band is to like do crazy shit and go meet them and everything does music at all. Give either of you guys any inspiration. It does totally to me. Cause in, and I was thinking like inspiration is awesome, but it doesn't last very long. But if you can combine that with like persistence, then you can, and a goal, as you said, you can get pretty much anything you want. Let me let me tell you the power of of music. Okay, you go to this event, right? Now we're the Russian. We're we're on the Russian side. Um, Cossacks, platoon four, squad three. Okay, four three, Cossacks mm-hmm. four three. The night right. demons. No, I don't know. What? No, not, not, not the night. <laughs> Um, the, most of the guys I think were from Texas and a couple guys were local. Um, and then there was me, um, that, that squad, right. We were just like, uh, it just, we just functioned really well. I mean, it was kind of crazy how well we kind of got on, you know what I mean? Um, we had a couple goofballs. We have one goofball in our thing. We had a couple Romanian guys, which is weird from New York, which were awesome. Um, the two guys, three guys, four guys from Corpus Christi, and then, uh, a couple locals, you know? Uh, father and son who were locals but anyway so there you go there you go to this event with no leanings towards russian anything or anything like that but there's a group who follows milson west all around the country called the russian russians the founder of the russian russians or one of the founders of the russian russians is also the guy who started milson west so he has they have a lot of pull they 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 always come in packs to that group and if you meet the guy Josh Warren, who I want to have him on the show one day, just like talks, just to talk, like a like a Joe Rogan style, just to like talk shit to us, not about airsoft or anything special, because he's just an interesting guy. But if you just talk to him, you know, you'd be like, I'll follow you anywhere, you know, what I mean? like <laughs> like that's the kind of guy he is, because he's funny and interesting. He's the kind of guy you want to be around. He has that college, he has that college football. Um, uh, quarterback vibe, but not the quarterback. Like he doesn't have the cockiness. He doesn't have that 
he has the professional cockiness, but he doesn't have the he's not personable. I mean he's I mean, he's personable, you know what I mean? If you get to know him. Um anyway, so these guys all love him, you know? And he's got these guys chanting this Russian, this crazy Russian chant, which I looked hard this week to see if I could find a sample of for you guys to hear like what they're yelling. But it's like, you know, it's crazy, man. And the guys are just going off, you know, they're just yelling and it's just a great time. And you would get so into it. And by the end of the event, I'm like yelling at the guys across me and this, me and the guy from one of the guys from Corporate Christmas. We're like, Devoy! you know, we're like yelling, like, you know, plus you, you know, and just yelling crazy Russian, like random whatever, you know, at these guys across the way. And, uh, I've always known that the Russian team, when American players, airsoft players played on the Russian team, they all of a sudden became these flexible, inventive, like, terrorist types who could come up with all these random ideas and be this, like, great red team. And the people who played, when, when American, when, when American airsofters would play the American side, you know, which is normally tan or NATO, they become these rigid, you know, no ideas, you know, they can only charge at everything with a blunt hammer, and that's universal across all airsoft, you know what I mean? No matter what, where you go and play, the American side always is rigid and has no flexibility of, of strategy, you know? Anyway, I digress, but it was a great event, man. I absolutely loved it. I had a great time, you know? I'd love for you guys to come one day, you know what I mean, if you're feeling feeling frisky, um, but it, it was fun, Feeling particularly man. Russian? Yeah, it was it was fun, dude. And sleeping on the floor and shit, like that sucked. But I'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. I'm not gonna suck up the whole show. Let's go. <clears throat> All right. So, uh, oh, Mike, what did you do this week? What did I do this week? So this past week, I've been looking for an apartment. Yep. So I went to visit a, a few different places, all in downtown Silver Spring, and uh, now I've applied at one. Mm-hmm. James, James, just stop. Hmm. Whatever you're doing, stop performing oral sex on the blow pop. <laughs> now it's called a blow pop. Is it make, was it making a noise? I, I appreciate your enthusiasm. Yes, we can hear oh, yeah. you sucking on that thing the whole time. Uh, yeah. Okay, relax. relax. Fucking, it is, like, you're, like a pro. You don't have right? to make it. Sound we don't need all. to know everything about your life. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ridiculous. So, yeah, I applied at a place, so we'll see what happens. Did you look at, uh, are the Blair apartments still there? Yep, that's where I applied. Okay, because that's really close. It is, it is. And there's like a grocery store there and mm-hmm. a lot of stuff around. So Exactly, cool. so if I could get if I could get there, that'd be perfect, you know? Right. I could just walk across the street, go to work, <laughs> you know? Yep. It's awesome. Do you have to get a uh, ground level? Or are you getting rid of the the piano, giving up your white card? Apparently, that's just that was just a weird requirement at one apartment. Every other apartment I've talked to, they're like, "No, it doesn't matter." Okay, I thought it was like across the board because when my mom and I lived in D.C. for maybe a year, and she had a piano, and we had to be on the ground floor. Hmm. Um, I mean, that was over twenty years ago now. That's something I've heard before, though. Yeah, just because I guess just because of the the added weight, but I mean they're not all that heavy. Maybe it's like if you have a grand piano or something, but this was just a, an upright. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I asked, and uh, like at the Blairs, she was just like, "No, it's fine." She's like, "As long as you can get it in the in the elevator, you're good." You know, I was like, "Okay." 
So I don't like op- open the patio door, bring in the crane. That's the only problem. No patio. Why is that a problem? No balcony. I mean, it'd be nice. That's all. But when's the last time you went outside on your on your current patio? Well, we don't do that because we're surrounded by savages. Yeah, those deer will get you. <clears throat> no, you know they stole the furniture off our off our patio long ago. I mean, all the furniture, a, a ch- the plastic chairs, a, and a two plastic chairs and a plastic table. Uh huh. Yeah, it's gone. Well, that's okay. Did 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 you look for it? Is it like at your <clears throat> neighbor's place? I never looked for it. Okay, it's probably in the so woods could... behind your house. We got blown away in a storm. No. Yeah. No. 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 Come on. Okay. No, if we were on the third floor or something, it might be different, you know. But here on the ground floor, it's like, eh. So the one I applied for is on the 14th floor. Jesus. I think there's 17 or 18 floors in that building. Well, okay. It's a nice building. She took me around, you know, showed me all the stuff. It's pretty uh, It's pretty I nice. I think we uh, lost Evan. I'm here. Oh, you were silent for a second. Oh, sorry. I don't know. Zencaster's doing weird stuff. Hmm. Um, well, you better hope there's not like a fire drill. Enjoy going down 14 flights of steps. Oh, yeah. Very true. Very you're true. high enough, though, when you jump, it doesn't... Uh, you're yeah, you're certain death. Definitely over. No yeah, I think... around uh, there. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a good option. <laughs> you can to have fun squeezing yourself through one of those windows, though. <laughs> that's I'd love to watch that. Yeah, right. Now, that's probably too high for the fire department, isn't it? Yes. I think they can get... I, I mean, they can get pretty close to that, actually. Um, there is actually a limit. I want to say it's the ninth, ninth or 11th. 9-11 Illuminati confirmed. Oh. Mm. No, but it's it's like the ninth floor or 11th floor. They can bring a ladder up any higher than that, and you're kind of fucked. There's no 13th floor in the building. Come on. Don't worry. Al-Qaeda doesn't want to crash into your, mm-hmm. in, in, into your building. Are you serious? There's no 13th floor? Mm-hmm. How can I that is such a then? ridiculous superstition. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know if all buildings... All apartment buildings do that, but that one doesn't. So. No, no, not all. That's that's retarded. And, very, yeah, very the dumb. woman was like, yeah, there's no 13th floor. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, you might actually have trouble renting to people on the 13th floor if there was one. So, I'd live in a discounted 13th floor apartment. <laughs> I would, too. Put me up there. Well, they just eliminated that because it goes 12 to 14. So, <laughs> Find me an apartment where everyone's So I guess I'm dead. on the actual 13th floor. If I can get a discount. If I get the apartment, you know. So. Yeah. Ooh, spooky. Mm. What was the, What was it in John Malkovich? The seven and the a half, nine, was it, or something? Yeah, seven and a half. Seven and a half floor. Was that right? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen That's that movie in a long time. Cra- it's, crazy shit. It's a funny movie. It it's a funny movie. Yeah. Anyway, should we get into some news? Let's do it. I got a couple things to talk about. Absolutely, um, let's James, do it. If you will. Reserve your judgment until the story is over. Oh, boy. I appreciate I that. <laughs> well, to get the uh, the black perspective on this, mm-hmm. um, experts from UC Berkeley and University of Utah have used the uh, gene editor CRISPR-Cas9, which we've 
brief, at least briefly talked about in the past. Um, in several tests, successfully eliminating blood mutations that lead to sickle cell disease. Um, they and they have done this in not only mice but human samples also. Humans. Humans, yes, uh, which is very promising. So what they what happened is um, they used it to repair mutated blood stem cells, which are an H word that I cannot even begin to pronounce. Um, which left if if they had not altered it with the uh, the CRISPR system, they would have produced or developed into the hook shaped uh, hemoglobin cells typical of sickle cell disease. So, uh, they found that, where was it? The result, there it is. The results from, um, the samples actually proved to be, uh, in their judgment, significant enough to, to substantially benefit the patients if they were allowed to re-inject the treated cells. So, unfortunately, I guess they, they had to do it all in, you know, lab environment and they couldn't. They couldn't re-inject the successful treated cells back into the people, which I guess makes sense. Medical trials have procedures, but at least they have gone past um, just like testing on mice and and other uh, you know animals that they usually do. So there is proof that it does work in um, in humans. Now, sickle cell is not a huge problem as only about 100,000 people in America have it, which is 0.03% of the population. Um, I'll give you a little backstory in case you're not familiar. It's usually diagnosed before the first year after you're born. And in the developed world, a.k.a. first world, you typically Number one. <laughs> 40 to 60 years. Um... And the issues with it are is with the, the hook-shaped blood protein hemoglobin is what's responsible for carrying oxygen in the blood. So there is issue with oxygen absorption and, all, and also because it's not, um, it becomes a bit more rigid than normal blood cells that can block up portions of the circulatory system. So sickle cell could be cured actually in the near future hooray whoopee no i'm kidding no that's cool james the black perspective i don't care why do i care about this <laughs> i don't know <laughs> sickle cell i'm like I'm sitting there, like it's the black man's disease i'm sitting there looking at his little square i'm like what's he gonna what's he gonna <laughs> i don't give a shit care cancer one point zero three percent. I'm sure, like me saying that, someone's gonna be like, "You should care." Blah blah blah. But I mean, it's great that they're curing something. I mean, fuck, it's 2016, and meta and science. We're in the fucking. We live in the fucking future. I have a computer. The fucking. I have a computer, probably almost as powerful as the computer I had like fucking 12 years ago. Right now, in my hand, I'm just holding it in my hand like it's a piece of trash, mm-hmm. and you know, they haven't cured shit. Technology's gone up, and they haven't cured shit. Cancer people people dying cancer at an alarming rate. Thank God they're curing something. That's my pers- that's my perspective. Thanks for coming to the Black Perspective Corner, fuckers. 
That's true. We should do a podcast I, called The Black Perspective. Yeah, we should. With these two white guys and me. It'd be great. That that was called <laughs> We Are Ambivalent, and it's gone. Yeah, that's oh, right. Oh, that's right. That's right. I <laughs> forgot. That's right. that's right. It was. Um, That does bring up a question. I mean, or questionable ethics, perhaps. I am in favor of human trials for every drug. Like, widespread human trials. Not like we have to do it in the computer first, then then mice, then fucking mosquitoes or fucking fruit flies, and then chimpanzees, and then like 200 people, and it takes 15 years to get a drug out. Just if you have people who who are in a situation where they choose to do this in hopes that it might, you know, help their life, just do it. Here's the problem with that logic. And I was thinking about this exact same thing the other day, but in a different, coming from a different angle, okay? I was thinking, in all the comic books, everyone gets their powers from, like, some crazy, crazy radio, radioactive stone or getting stung by something in the medical lab or an alien gives them – they drink some elixir or something like that, right? Here's the thing. In real life, if any of that stuff happened, you would either die or be horribly deformed or mutated and get zero powers, okay? So Correct. if you just said, oh, we came up with this in the lab, we everything looks like it'll work. If you try it, it's all on you. It might kill you. We'll say, okay, you inject that shit into somebody. They're going to throw – they're going to grow an extra foot and then die a horrible, painful death, okay, Where as their stomach turns inside out out of their rectal fucking cavity or whatever. Well, I agree with you if you're doing the grow a horrible foot and die a horrible rectal death test group, but for for the fucking sickle cell injection, I don't think it would be that bad. No, they got to I mean, they're a little too cautious, but at the same time, I think uh, some, maybe if they cut that time, 15 years, they cut it down to half, seven years, that'd be good. Because while they're while they're testing, people are dying, you know. And at this point, it's like, oh yeah, this person's gonna die in like fucking six years. Just fucking, dude, do you want to be on this test? Either way, you're gonna die. But you yeah. have a chance to extend your life a little bit. I totally get what you're saying. I just think they need to be more cautious. They need to be very cautious. Uh, maybe this country values life too much. No, they don't. We need to send our research to fucking. They're afraid of China lawsuits too much. North Korea. That's a good point. Is it North Korea. Yeah. They ain't doing no research over there, I can tell you that. No, I mean, that's where you get your human <laughs> trial subjects. Oh, yeah, that's true. Ten years hard labor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, they have, you know, or they taking have a crazy, picture or whatever, they, you know. They have crazy shit, like generational, uh, generational prison camps or whatever. So, like, if you defect, then your, say you were married and had kids, then your kids and their kids are in prison camp. Yeah, some insane shit like that. Hmm. Apparently, it's quite the deterrent. I bet it is. But people still do it. Because fucking be selfish. Yeah. Well, if you didn't have any wife or kids or nothing, then... Yeah, there's no consequences. Jump the fence, either go to a better life or get shot and you're dead, so whatever. Either way, it's over. True. We should should have a... Not right now, but we should have a whole talk on uh, North Korea. That's a that's an interesting place. It is an interesting place that we know very little about. Yep. Mm-hmm. We can get a press pass to go there. Just gotta fucking send them an email <clears throat> with our passports. Yeah. Well, Mike can for sure. 
<laughs> I'm pretty sure we can too. Go through Canada. Americans, like, Americans have gone there. Yeah, you, you, can go there. you can go there. Yeah, it's press. Okay. You have to go through like China or something, probably. But yeah, James, you uh, you might have more issues than I. <laughs> They're like, "What's a black?" Yeah, <laughs> I mean because of your job. Oh yeah, that's true. All right, let's continue. Yeah, don't. I was gonna continue. Mush mush. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, climate change deniers, uh, pay attention. You've been vindicated. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's all lies. Oh, there goes my microphone. Anyways, um, as we all know, um, CO two is a bad thing, but a necessary thing. That's not a good way to, to read this article. And let me start over. Okay. One of the major contributors to, uh, I'll say, climate damage in the agricultural context is methane from cattle. Um, Not in the way you might think, uh, but they actually, cows burp more methane than they fart, Mm. which is very important scientific How much is Michael putting in there? Um, a good, probably 20 to 30 kilograms per year. <laughs> he's going to, he's Michael, Michael by himself is a good 20 to 30% of the problem. Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Um, so the real issue is that methane is 20 to- 23 times more damaging than carbon dioxide. Hmm. So with the massive amount of, of cattle, uh, and farm animals in say in production these days uh it takes quite a toll on the the climate until now there are some researchers in Queensland Australia who have found a certain type of red seaweed that when added to the diets of uh cows can reduce their methane emissions up to 99%. Wow. Yeah. I need some of that. <laughs> James, the other 20% now. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so what they did um, was it, it was tested in a laboratory. They replicated a cow's stomach in jars, as they said. Um, they, they took a sample of the, I'll call it the biomass of a cow's stomach with all the microbes and, and digestive enzymes, put it in a jar with various types of seaweed, allowed it to... Uh, sort of break down and ferment as it would in a cow's stomach, and then they were able to measure the uh, the volume of methane in the gas that was produced. So that's how they got the up to 99% numbers. Now, whether that's actually going to be the case in real life, who knows? But they do mention that um, a, a sort of real-life trial with sheep has already been done where they added this, um, this certain strain of seaweed and saw between a 50 to 70% reduction in methane from sheep, which is promising. Uh, so at this point they mentioned that money is the issue, basically trying to come up with enough funds to do, to do some more real life trials and also work on a way to potentially, uh, basically supply the world with enough of the seaweed to make a difference. But 
they say they could do it in um, hopefully as little as three years. That's why we need to eliminate money. That's why we need to eliminate cows. Why not no, both? I love, no, okay. I love, yeah. Why not royally fuck the planet? Mm-hmm. No, I like both of those things. Money and cows. I like money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Dax. Yep. So I have one other uh, one other story in the news here, also related to. Oh, before we go on, James, mm-hmm. the black perspective. Go. Yeah. What's the black perspective on cow burps? <laughs> Dude, I don't know, man. I don't care. <laughs> It'd be great if they can fix it, and then they can now then flip it around and turn it into some kind of pill that regular people can take to help them deal with their own methane emissions. Yep. Do people emit Doesn't... methane? Yeah, you fart, don't you, motherfucker? You burp. Is that methane? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Jesus Christ. Even though it smells like sulfur, it's methane. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Michael smells like ham. (laughs) (laughs) It burns. It's so salty. (laughs) Why are your bowels so salty? (laughs) Breath as fresh as a summer ham. (laughs) Yes. That's right. This gum's full of bones. <laughs> oh, oh, man. All right. Okay, so the next story I have also related to emissions. Um, this also comes with a small trivia question for you guys. So scientists at the Oak Ridge National Laboratory in Tennessee, what up, um, were working like, on... Shout out to my homies in Oak Ridge. Yep. <laughs> Oak Ridge boys. <laughs> Yeah, the Oak Ridge Boys, exactly. Yeah, they were working on a way to convert CO2, much less harmful than methane, um, into usable ethanol fuel through a a complicated uh, procedure involving a bunch of steps. But what they actually found is the first step did it by itself. They're like, oh, word. (laughs) So... (laughs) um, there is a, a secondary link within the article that I linked that leads to a more detailed explanation. But from what I could gather from reading the first article, they basically used copper and carbon arranged on um, on silicon on a nanoscale to create like, like some spikes and then ran electricity through it. So it basically some form of electrolysis and it... Uh, converted the the CO2 gas, I believe, into ethanol at room temperature, which makes it a very controllable reaction and also means um, that if you have an excess of electricity for a certain period of time, you can, you know, if you had this in your house or something, if that ever existed, you can run this with the excess electricity and store the ethanol fuel for later. So... Interesting. Um, I had a thought if it were put into mainstream use, would the reduction in atmospheric CO2 be significant enough to um, change the world's forests? Which, as far as I know, as a professional botanist, uh, plants require CO2. It probably would. Probably change it significantly. Interesting thought. So here's the trivia. Um, 
This was done at the Oak Ridge National Laboratory. What is that known for, most prominently? Nuclear. Uh huh. Nuclear missiles or something? I don't know. No, don't they? Uh, don't they have the the PS3? Uh, they have like eighteen PS3s and a neural net or something like that. Well, they have super PS3 supercomputer. Yeah, perhaps. The correct answer was the Manhattan Project. Yeah. Uh, What's I said? Nuclear shit. You said nuclear missiles, but yes, you were correct. Basically, <laughs> missiles. Mm-hmm. The Tsar Bomba. Oh God, that's right. The biggin. Yep. Was that ever detonated, or was it just a theoretical? It was detonated. Design. No, it was, but they reduced it by half. Yeah. Hmm. And it was still crazy, you know. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's all I've got for the news. Awesome. Um, what's the black perspective on uh, Tsar Bomba? <laughs> that's it our new rain. thing. That's our new <laughs> thing. Yeah, exactly. Um. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I've got a quick, quick a video and a a link here. Uh, our man with the plan, uh, the guy who's going to save us all and take us to Mars and let us live under his live in his open society. Well, not us, but where we can be sappy and worthwhile sexual. people. Where he's going to rule us with um, an iron fist. Huh? Yeah, he'll rule us with an iron fist and call us Muscovites. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Elon Musk. Uh, so he's been trying to uh, trying to buy, procure, obtain, you know, take over Solar City, uh, which is run by his cousins, oddly enough, and they're trying to let him do it. So anyway, right now, the two companies are working together on a project, and this is going to fulfill his solar triad. His solar triad consists of a couple things. One, solar panels, um, easily obtained solar for the home uh, that looks good and people want to buy. And then two, his Powerwall 2, or Powerwall 1 and 2. Um, the Powerwall is basically just like a very nice-looking panel. That's all batteries, and it sticks out of the wall. If you click on the link, you can see a picture of it. It's 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 nothing special. It's just a white panel. It says Tesla. It's covered in bat. It's full of batteries. You can't see the inside of it, but it's called Powerwall Two, and then a Tesla vehicle, which I really don't think. I think this is like kind of a loose kind of thing. He kind of pushed together and said it's the Power Triad, it's the Solar Triad, or whatever. But I think it's kind of BS. I think it's like because I don't really get the connection. I get the connection between. Solar power for the home, the power wall. So you have power intake, power storage, and then I guess the car's power usage. But then you can put a blender in the place of the car. You know what I mean? So I don't really think the. I think he's just trying to sell cars, um, which is fine. That's fine. He's welcome to do that. He's allowed to do that. He, I still like him. Uh, anyway, so he just did a press release, and uh, not a press release. A they did a video, um, and a conference. I guess you'd call it. Um, releasing their and showing off their new, um, their new solar panels that they did in conjunction with Solar City. The solar panels they did are uh, they did them all on Wisteria Lane. Um, that sounds familiar, doesn't it, fellas? Yeah, a little it bit. Does sound familiar? A little bit. Yeah. Um, not the Wisteria Lane based in in Maryland. <laughs> it's fa- it's famous because it is the street that. Uh, that housewives TV show took place on. So like three or four homes on the back lot of some studio 
they took over and put re they did they redid all the houses and I mean the houses probably are not complete houses. So read saying redid all the houses probably they refaced one of them totally and then they on the roofs of all of them there there's one that got a terracotta style solar panel tile. There's one that got a kind of a flat a flat black um matte kind of finish. Um but it's like kind of a gloss matte. And there's one that got a one-off. Each tile is d- different. Each tile has its own fingerprint type of deal. Um, it, it looks amazing, honestly. And he says it's like 98%, um, 98% as efficient as a regular sol- set of solar panels, but it looks way better. It's way tougher. It lasts longer. Um, and they say it lasts longer than your house. You know? Yeah, so instead of ha- just having your normal roof and then putting awkward looking solar panels yeah. up there it's like the solar panels are the shingles yeah exactly the shingles are the solar panels so the the coolest one i think was the terracotta one the, and the video i have a link to a video that kind of surmises everything i watched the full presentation um the presentation is pretty stupid he kind of stutters and stammers his way which is elon Musk style if you watch his other presentations but he stutters and stammers his way through the whole video and it's just a pain to watch but um if you watch this uh this other video they kind of Mm, it's a little bit shorter. It's like 19 minutes instead of like an hour. Um, but they show the different houses and stuff like that, and they show the stuff. The terracotta one was cool because it actually looked like terracotta. I was like, this is impossible. Um, but it's like just reinforced glass, and every third tile or every other tile is terracotta, is a piece of glass. It's all glass, but every other tile or something like that has a black panel inside it. But the way that all of the glass across the board, the way it is, if you look at it dead on, like if you're floating at a 45-degree angle above a house looking down, then you might be able to say, oh, those are solar panels, or oh, there's something off about this glass. But if you're standing on the street or looking directly down at it, you can't see anything. You know, it looks like a shiny tile roof, and it has a nice shine. I mean, if anything, I would say, if I'd even, even, I didn't, even if I didn't know what the tile, the roofs were... I would say if I went down a street and I saw that, I said, okay, this is what a house built in 1983 would look like in the future. You know, I think it makes a house look very handsome. And if I owned a home, I would absolutely 100% convert over to that regardless of the cost. You know, I'm sure you'll be able to finance it. And they said they said their goal is to make it as cheap as a roof replacement. So uh, that's not going to be cheap, but it'll still be pretty good if they can keep it, if they can get it around, you know, 15000 for the whole thing, then that'll be reasonable. Well, a new roof is only, I mean, depending on square footage, of course, is really like $6,000. Oh, so there you go. So maybe they'll get around there. I don't know. But um, the Solar City's so, Solar City's all about financing everything, so you'd probably have to finance it. But um, I think that and the Powerwall. And they had another one called, uh, I can't remember what it was called now. I forgot. But it's... There's the power wall, and then there's like the power grid or something like that. Yeah, I think there. Whatever the other product was, which I also don't remember. Um, the only it wasn't like brand new, but they announced that they were able to double the density of it. Yeah, yeah. So it'll, sto- it'll store twice as much. Yeah, and they're doing. He just talks about briefly about those in the uh, in the show in the in the uh, in the thing where he's. They have one setup where they're doing like one of the world's largest solar solar array farms using these things, 
and basically you can build onto them like Lego, like Legos. You keep adding onto these like these power bricks or whatever they're called. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, very cool stuff, man. We're almost we're almost there. And if the solar roadways could ever take off, but I think the whole thing would turn out to be a sham. But uh, if the whole ro- solar roadways or solar roofs take off, it'll be amazing. You know, I- I'm ready. Count me in. I don't think solar roadways will happen just because they, you know, roads take such a pounding. <laughs> but it should almost be mandatory to to have solar panels like on like the roof of built of industrial buildings or something like that. It's like totally unused space. Yeah. I agree. Actually, my whole apartment complex, I drove to the roof the other day just to see and the whole roof is covered with solar panels of my apartment. That's complex. excellent. Um, so I was like, "Why do I have to pay electric bill?" That's what I was thinking. I was like, "Why am I paying electricity?" <laughs> um, I don't think they bring in that much power. I don't think they bring any power for me at all. <laughs> the powers, <laughs> the powers offset their costs, not mine. <laughs> yeah, it's just to run the rental office. Yeah. But uh, still, but still very cool. He probably stammers through presentations because. He just has so much going on in his head. He's a fucking genius. That's why. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not beating up the guy because of it. I mean, oh my god, I hate fucking when you click on a link and it goes straight to an ad. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not making fun of the guy. It's just if you watch his presentations, like I watched the Tesla three presentation, and actually he has a Tesla a Tesla three in that in that uh. On this thing, one of them is there. He has one there, the hatchback, the the $35,000 one. Um, he has every Tesla there on display as the vehicles and the cars mm-hmm. and then the parking in the garages. But um, it's just funny. Like, you see the – you see the um, – if you see him, he talk, he's like – He's like, uh, uh, yeah, and uh, uh, it's like he almost tries to deliver jokes, and it just falls flat. He's just not a good. He's not. He's not a Tim Cook. He's not Steve Jobs. You know, he's not um, the Indian guy from Google. He's not good at it, but he's still. He's still genius. He's, he's he's much smarter than they are. He probably is. You know, he probably is. Um, and it, he's probably trying to give an answer that the the person who asked the question would understand, not like one of his engineers would understand. Uh, I think that's probably the case. I think that's probably the case where he's just trying to tell. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, agree. I mean, if I, if I try to explain something to Mike, I can't explain it the same way to you. Yeah. Wah, wah. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a shot at me or a shot at yeah. James, but <laughs> yeah, it's a shot. Why at one both? One or both of us. Uh, I'm just kidding. Um, we don't have Evan's multiple degrees in yeah in know. doctorology. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you guys want anybody got anything else in news? Uh, um, we can talk about it later. I got, I I got something anything. down in the extra section, but we can mm-hmm. talk about it later. Um, I'm glad to see such pro- uh, progress in attainable renewable energy. Yeah, you and me both, man. I'm glad that he's almost done. Because once he finishes this, man, he's going to full focus on going to Mars. Yeah. I'm all in. But again, we're not going. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm we will never be allowed to go. Uh, everybody needs like a bartender or fucking guy sweeps up somewhere. All right. 
Yeah, and they will have doctorates. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. I'm a doctor in mixology, girl. <laughs> Do I have a certificate? Yeah. <laughs> Sir, that's a napkin. All right, let's go on to Stranger Danger here. And I got the video there for you guys to see if you want to see it. Um, Thank you. Okay, so uh, Internet of Things or the Internet of Dangs. Um, <laughs> so this is about uh, – this is this is a, probably two weeks old, actually, because I, I've picked it up uh, on – this. looks like the 23rd I posted it. So the 23rd it was out, so I'm going to post it the 24th something. But uh, this is basically about the hack that happened uh, about a week and a half ago. Uh, where a lot of sites you weren't able to get to them and things like that. <laughs> this is I'm not going to really harp on this too much because it's kind of old news now. You know, I encourage anybody to go read the thing. I read it like a week ago, so. Um, but it is a good article talking about what happened with this whole hack. Basically, uh, see, the more complex things get, the more I call like simple stuff not really hacks. This was a DDoS, and yeah, I guess it was a hack, but. Basically, it's more of an exploit. Yeah, it's an exploit, you know. So basically, someone made this. They made a piece of software. The software is called. Let me find the name. I think it's called Marionette or Mar Mar uh, Mira Mirai. Okay, so Mirai's been out on the internet for about a month. Um, it's a tool designed to look at. Um, basically, it's like Shodan. If you use Shodan, um, you go and search, and you say, like you 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 type in. Look at this camera or whatever, you know, and I didn't download Mariah, so I don't know how it works. But um, a buddy of mine at work, I told him about it. He downloaded and played with it. And basically, it searches for known known devices and then pumps them, hits them for their default camera, like their default username and passwords. That's all it does, you know. I'm sure it does other things, too. But it just, like, you find a thing and you then you say, okay, add this to the botnet. You know what I mean? And you just add these devices, these these IoT devices to the botnets. Okay, that means your DVR, your fucking your home camera system, your home surveillance, your home, I mean, home security system, that, mm -hmm. um, you know, any Internet of Things, your fucking toaster, like, whatever. If you have some Internet-connected device that gets an IP address and talks to a server, they can be taken advantage of by Mirai. Now, that's only if there's an exploit or the path, you haven't changed the default username and password, okay? This software do doesn't look and say, oh, there's a known da-da-da in this. No, it doesn't do that. It just looks for their – it just tries their default username and password. So you take that. So you take people being stupid and everyone in the security industry warning these companies who make these IoT devices, hey, you know, ship these devices with their own fingerprinted passwords for each device or ship these devices with – um with, you know, force people to change them, change the username and passwords, or their whatever, you know. But, you know, people have been warning them for years. They're going to get exploited. You need to update them. Da -da 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 -da. None of it's happened. So what happened? Someone made Mirai. They got, they grabbed all these devices, and they used those devices to launch a massive DOS, DDoS attack against DIN. So I think I'm saying that right. DIN. Dine. Dine. There you go. And they're, they're a web host for... Um, Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. It looks like Netflix, Etsy, a bunch of yeah. different sites, Amazon. So they call they cause a bunch of these sites to go well, off. Apparently, and, they're not the host per se. Exactly. They're the, the, they're DNS, the provider. DNS provider. Yeah, DNS provider. There you go. So they got they got DDoSed and everything got fucked up, of course. So eh, I, do I think this is like – I think it was pretty cool back like last week. 
because it's like, oh my god, they ha-, before I understood, like they're hacked in these devices, but they didn't really hack anything. It was not. It was just like, yeah, this device knows it does what Shodan does. It searches for open stuff that's on the internet that's not supposed to be there, and then fucking takes advantage. So I don't think this actual the the problem is going to go away anytime soon. No, be- because. There are so many of these devices out there, and most of them are, are just like a very slow, you know, on a single board computer um, running some variant of Linux, like kernel 2.4, 2.6, which is very old, widely, uh, you know, published exploits. And the problem is a lot of these cameras, like if you buy it from... Say, say you buy like a store brand IP camera or something or security camera. They don't actually make it. They buy it from the manufacturer. So the manufacturer is pumping out thousands of those per day. And most of the time it's like a non-writable boot image or something. Mm-hmm. So it has whatever default login credentials basically burned into the machine. You can't change them. However, if, if your camera uh, gets, you know, quote unquote infected, then when you reboot it um it'll that infection will be gone it won't prevent it from getting reinfected um which is unfortunate but you know a lot of the time when when this happens and uh you know security organizations or whoever reaches out to the companies who sell the cameras they don't make them so or you know if there's an issue they just close down start up another company start releasing yeah, no them no one in the chain cares yeah Plus, a lot of these devices are not meant to be, or they're meant to be user friendly. So basically, like plug it in, go to this IP address, and and you watch your security system. It's not meant to be, um, you know, configurable. It just it just works. Yeah. I was reading, or I think I was listening to another podcast, and they were talking about this exact problem. Yeah. Where you know these devices are made very insecurely and. Mm-hmm. You know, no one's responsible and blah, blah, blah. Right. They're saying it's going to have to end up being like a law at some point. That's the only way to get these companies to start making secure things, you know, basically. Yeah. And I mean, one um, idea that I also heard about on another podcast was to have credentials basically, you know, generated on first startup, like totally random. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a few companies out there that do that. They so they make it so when you get the device, it has a username and password that was generated for it, you know, mm-hmm. for that device by its serial number or something. And it was only so it's not a universal one. Like even that small, that small like thing would fix yeah. a lot of these problems. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, it, this, you know, and and not to cut either of you guys off, but you know, I was doing, you know, I, I'm a I work on SharePoint now. And I was doing some research, you know, watching a video called SharePoint Do's and Don'ts. Don't suck at SharePoint, you know, because I'm an expert. <laughs> and <laughs> so I'm watching this video, and the guy's talking about uh, – he's talking about, why don't you go to the he – said, he said he got a call from his friend, um, and his friend said, go to Google and type this in. And he typed in – and this is not the right thing. I'm just going to – I don't know what it is. I can't remember what it was. Uh, but it was like all contents, all settings. Type that in and hit enter. Well, you type that in, hit enter, and all these people's SharePoint sites come up, you know? And it's just like if you go to Shodan and you type in, 
you default username and password and it and say video cameras or whatever and it finds all these video cameras things. It's the same as that. Like I found sheriff's offices, I found all kinds of people's private internet SharePoint sites that's exposed to the internet because they because that one common the all sites all contacts page wasn't you know it's not set up correctly. There's no security, it's not hardened. And that's just people are dumb and the people who set them up think they are an expert and they know what they're doing but they don't and you know, it's just a mess, you know, and that's how it is, you know. I think a law is what's going to fix it or, you know, maybe like a company making a really great products, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. If you take send something to China and China takes it and makes like three, three million of them and sells it to 15 different companies, what are you going to do? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Well, you can still do that if it's engineered properly. True. But if you have like a super cheap device that's engineered in China to be, you know, manufactured for like 30 cents, then that'll never happen. It'll always be baked in credentials, be like root, root. Yeah. You know, cause they don't care. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we talked about it on this show. There was a report that came out probably like two or three years ago now. It was posted anonymously to the web, but there was like it had its own website and everything. It was called something like the Internet Survey or something like that. And it's this whole long ass report that this guy made, and he basically developed a botnet to go out and scan the entire internet. And the way he did it was he realized that there's a lot of like like you were just saying Evan a lot of these devices are running linux or yeah. or the linux variant really old versions yeah and he wrote a very small program that could run on most of these devices and he just tried you know he wrote his program to go out, try to install itself on all these different kinds of devices, and then to perpetuate itself. Yep. And, you know, it's just trying, like, admin, admin, root, 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 admin, admin123, you know, all that kind of stuff. The The actual title of the report is something like, it's called, like, port scanning slash zero. Oh, God. Because he's, he's port scanned the entire internet. Awesome. And... He posted it anonymously because that's doing that, obviously, unless you have permission from the entire world, is uh, (laughs) breaking the law. And a lot of interesting stuff came out of that report. You know, I mean, it's pages and pages and pages and pages. But he said, you know, what ports are running on what, what services are available, where is he able to identify the device? You know, was it a printer? Was it a, a camera? Was it a some weird industrial device was it whatever like all these things are just there on the internet sitting there you know not behind a nat firewall like all of us have at our houses just because we have routers right and it was just amazing how much stuff is out there and he discovered himself a lot of devices that were already infected with something else yeah i'm sure it's way more common than what the what the articles yeah uh Report. He just talked about it. Can you imagine how many people have done that and not talked about it? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'll try to find that and uh, I'll put it in the extra section of our show notes. 
because it's I, and it takes a while to read, but I read the whole thing, you know, back then, and it is excellent. It is very detailed. It is excellent. You're like just a little erect. Holy crap! Yeah, you're like really got crap. off on it. Like, this is excellent. Oh wow! It was good. <laughs> it was good. So, yeah, that was a crazy hack, though. The uh, the internet. I mean, it was really a hack, like you said, James. It was just exploit. Yeah, exactly. Just briefly, um, to take this show far off the rails. We talked about this. This is one of my horrible pet peeves, and we just talked about it with drones. I hate when people call something a hack, and it's clearly poor user password security or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I hate that because it gives like hacking. Like, oh, he hacked. He hacked the system. Like, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like this person's like some evil genius who did who sits in his rooms like, damn it, oh, access denied. I'm in. Yes. No, it's just like your password was admin. And your fucking, you know, your user count was admin, and you suck. You're a horrible person, and you deserve to get what you got. Get the garbage file. Basically. Get the garbage file. Oh, yeah, this thing. So I just found it. The thing I was talking about is called the Internet Census. Okay. You know what I have a problem with? Fishing, spear phishing, whaling. It's like, it's all the same shit. Yeah, it is. Why are there like four or five different names? Because me and Michael talked about this last night. We all love classes. Yeah. And whaling, spearfishing, fishing yep. puts labels and classes on people to say, you're not as important as he is. He's not as important as that guy is. And that guy's more important than all of you. Yep. We were talking about that. We weren't talking about it in the context of computer no, stuff. No, we were but... talking about it in the context of whatever, but this is but the yeah. same thing. But it's yeah, no, you're right. Just economic class, socioeconomic class, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Vishing? That's another yeah. one. Yeah, that's another one, yeah. That's when you're looking for people who love Vishnu. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Don't we all? No. Mm. He's like, mmm. Speaking of cows, for the third time. Oh, ho, ho. Vishnu Indian cows. There we go. Segway approved and achieved. Full, full circle. Full circle. So this is probably a week old now, if not a little more, but... There's an exploit that's been called Dirty Cow. Yep. And it's a Linux kernel vulnerability. And it's you know been assigned a CVE number and all that. And it's called Cow, C-O-W, because it exists in a part of the kernel that deals with copy on write. So I don't know enough about kernels and things to actually know what that really means. But there you go. Apparently, it's they're calling it a very bad, a very serious vulnerability. To me, it's not that bad because the only way to actually exploit this, you need to have access to the Linux system. So if it's just a web server that's sitting on the Internet and users can only get to port 80 or point, port 443, then there's really nothing to worry about. It's really local users, like users that have SSH access or console access to the to the system, they can exploit this. Could it be used with another exploit to gain that access via <clears throat> port 80? I suppose it's possible if you have a server that's set up in some weird way that where you could like upload things to it. 
from the website and then have it run it or something, you know? Like So like 30 people in the world can do this. Uh-huh. Pretty much. Yeah. The thing is though this this vulnerability it's existed like forever. Yes. You know, it's like like it's been in the kernel for at least 11 years. Mhm. So all the, you know, everything that's out there, all these cameras we just talked about, they're they're all vulnerable to this. Yeah, wasn't that an issue with Microsoft not long ago? Like some some vulnerability was uh, revealed that stretched back all the way to like Windows 98 or Windows 2000 yeah, or something, something like through that. Windows 10. It had to do with uh, terminal services or root policy or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it was terminal services where you could get um, privilege escalation. Yeah, no, they've had a couple of those where they're like, yeah, the, this this vulnerability has existed, and it's in all versions of Windows. And since they're not updating Windows XP or 2000 or anything else, it's like, guess what? These these Windows, these versions of Windows now are just vulnerable, and that's that. You know? Yep. So that's why that's why it's so important now to, to stay on top of your shit and keep everything up to date. And if they're not updating anymore, then guess what? You need a new version. That's why you can't use Photoshop 5 anymore. And, you know, Adobe Acrobat 7 or, you know, any of these other things that are old that they're, you know, they're just not making updates for anymore. It's, so. okay, to run, it's, it's okay to run Java 6 though, right? Yeah, fucking. Yes. Well, you know what's funny about that, actually? That, that you're right about that, James. Of course not. Um, but if you have a support agreement with Oracle, they're actually still updating those yeah. ancient versions of Java. Yeah, they are. Because we have users in my office who go... They go to they go to the head main office, and before they go to the main office, we need to put Java six on their machine. Then when <laughs> they come back, we have to put it, take it off, put Java eight on the machine. It's fucking stupid, but we have to do it every time that she goes for training because mm. they have some <clears throat> archaic freaking piece of software. Can must yeah whatever. What what you should do, and I don't know, maybe this would be too much, but uh, have a VM just for that. Yeah, that'd for the be person sm- that'd be smart. That'd be too smart. <laughs> it's too smart for us. Hardway or the highway, dude. You gotta get the fuck out of here with your fucking lot, fucking logic, you cow. I thought you were You're gonna the say cow. <laughs> There's a. Uh... I thought you were gonna say run it in sandboxy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that's another option, I guess. But there's a there's a product that we're toying with at work, and Microsoft actually makes a product like this too, App V. Mm-hmm. Which is application virtualization, but we're toying with a with the same product, but it's made by it's made by VMware. I don't remember what it's called. Citrix makes yeah. one too. Yeah, Citrix has had that for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing is, so what you can do is you can bundle. You could let's say you you have a web application and it requires like it's old and you know can't be updated or it'd be extremely hard slash impossible to update without just building a whole new one. So let's say it only runs with IE seven and one of your Java 6s, you know, Java 6 update 35 or something, you know, right. some really old version of Java. You can actually create a bundle, so it's IE 7 and that version of Java, and it'll just be an icon on the user's desktop. They double-click on that, and it'll launch that version of IE with that version of Java available to it. In a sandbox. Yeah, and it's just, for, it's just that one app, and it'll just... And you could just even make it so it'll only go to this one website, let's say, you know. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and and that 
But the important part is you don't actually have Java 6 installed on your system. That's it's just part. in that, you know, little bundle. So pretty cool stuff. I like it. Pretty cool stuff. I mean, it doesn't address the bigger issue of, like, why do you have this piece of crap website that only works on whatever, you know. But yeah, it's a good uh, compromise, I guess. Although, you know, of course, all these things cost money. And so how, dollars, man. Yeah, all these... I'm pretty sure it's expensive. You know, I'm pretty sure this is not cheap stuff, but... No, of course not. Nothing from any of these big companies ever is, so... James, do you remember the cows in, uh... In, uh, Dodds? In Dodds? Those laptop cabinets? Yeah, yeah. Computer yeah, on wheels? Yeah, yeah, Garbage? Yeah, and the gateways. Yeah, I remember them. <laughs> you know what's funny? I kind of have come to the conclusion... That these big companies are holding about holding back progression and office the uh, office technology growth by charging these prices for some of this software. Um, some of the things that you can do, it's so cost prohibitive that a company who might need something but just for five users just can't. You know, like I've been looking at different software for different purposes, and this what you're talking about just sounds interesting to me. Like I would go look for it for that mm-hmm. one person because if you do it for her for so so often, and to me it's a huge security risk. Um, but it's cost prohibitive, so I'm sure we won't be able to afford it even for one person to be like, why are we spending seven hundred dollars to get one license for this person who goes there twice a year? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, that's another topic for another day. You know, but anyway, let's continue. You just buy them a separate. Yeah, but we, yeah, we buy them a separate computer, and they carry two computers exactly, yeah. or just install it and uninstall it on, install it, uninstall it. Oh uh, yeah, it's called the VMware one is called ThinApp. Yeah, hmm. the other Citrix one is called ZenApp. Oh okay. Or was I don't think it's a thing anymore, or it's integrated into one of their other products. Yeah, here's one: ZenApp versus ThinApp versus AppV, which is the Microsoft yeah. one. So there you Excellent. go. Excellent. All right. Um, but James, you should really, con- I mean, you know, maybe it doesn't, maybe it's still too much for that user, but you might want to consider a VM. I had to do that with, uh, one or two users at my job who had all this old Oracle software. Like you guys ever, ever see, uh, you know, people have to install something called like Oracle Millware Fusion or that kind of stuff No, on their workstations. So that's to do development work you know, for applic for applications that end up on servers running Oracle, you know, Oracle Web Logic or that kind of thing. Um, and so they were using this version that didn't was not compatible with Windows Seven. So what we had to do was create a VM that was Windows XP, just so they could run this software. Mm-hmm. So I get what you're saying, you know. I feel you. Mm-hmm. All right. So next, after we got the dirty cow, so we got this other thing. So there's a a phone company. There's a phone company called Cellbrite. You guys ever seen that? No. So I'm only familiar with them because I worked at a cell phone company for two years. They make the little machine that we use to transfer your contacts from one phone to another. Mm-hmm. You know, like it has all the special cables and everything. Now, of course, it's all these smartphones and stuff, so it's probably a little different. But back then, it was like, you know, oh, plug in a StarTac on this end, 
and a LG NV on this end. Right. And yep, transfer all contacts. Go. It takes like a minute. Sucks them all in from the StarTac or whatever the old phone was and puts them in the new one. And the company that makes this little box, Cellbrite. So, but apparently they make other things too. And one of the things they make is our tools to enable companies to get around the security of mobile phones. Like for forensic purposes, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. One of their clients, I guess. So Cellbrite makes this software. But there's another company who... It says it's actually one of its resellers. So I guess it's a company that sells Cellbrite products. They posted on their website firmware and software that anyone can go and download from their website. And the thing is, this firmware and software and everything has hacks and things for accessing data in iPhones and other phones. So ways to get around the security of mobile phones. Way to go, guys. Yes, this company called Mixera Professional Solutions. (laughs) There's... Uh, the software is called Cellbrite's Universal Forensic Extraction Device. Clever name. Mm-hmm. U-F-E-D. And in this article I put in the show notes, they have links to Mixira's website where, sure enough, you can go download the software. It's right there. It's like, well, did you get a copy? <laughs> not yet. So I just thought it was interesting, you know, you know, I'm always looking at cell phone stuff. I'm like yep. I'm like the cell phone guy sort of, you know. I I had that question not long ago. I was asking, I think I asked you if uh if you were still the cell phone guy after so many years. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I've fallen off a little bit cuz just cuz I'm not dealing with it every single day other than my own cell phone, you know, obviously. But yeah, it's good to that's one good thing I'll say about the various jobs I've had. And I'm sure you'll you'll say the same thing. You get exposed to different things that normally you wouldn't get exposed to as a normal consumer. So mm, perhaps you more than I, but perhaps. Well, even like when either one of us worked in retail and it's like, "Oh, this is an end cap. This is the this, this is the that, you know. Like all just right. standard stuff. This is a bulk stack, you know." I mean, it's dumb stuff, but, you know, you're like, oh, okay. You know, now you know, right? You're like, oh, okay. It's like, it's like seeing behind the curtain, you know, kind of thing. Right. So, always interesting. Yeah. You know, more, more info is always nice. Yes. As long as you can appropriately categorize and file it away. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still don't, you know, it's funny though, all the retail jobs I've had, I still don't remember what UPC means. Universal product code? That's what I'm guessing, but... Or unique product code? Yeah, it's probably something like that. Yeah. Uh, between the two, I would probably say unique. Because it has to be just for one product. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm sure it's like 
the Uberect product classification, actually. <laughs> Designed by Hans Uberect in 1902 when no such scanners existed. He was ahead of his time. So it is it is universal product code. Yes. There we go. Yes. I guessed it right. There's also I'm one called an I'm a genie. EAN. Uh-huh. Which is another one. It's European. It's European mm. article number. Oh, okay. I guess that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Except for the word article, but whatever. Right. So, yeah. So there you go. And then there's a third one called ISBN. That's for books. Yeah. Is that international standard book number? Uh, I, I just just made that up, I'm by the pretty way. Sure. Pretty sure that's what it is. It makes sense. International standard that, book number. That's it. Is it? Nice. <laughs> and then Amazon has their own called ASIN. Hmm. Okay. Speaking of books, Audible. Okay. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Had to step away for a second. Um, I'm back, obviously. I'm back, right. baby. So, uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, this week, I think I talked to you guys briefly about this last show. I picked, I started a book called Extreme Ownership uh, from Audible. It was on, it's on the New York Times bestseller list right now. Um, I think it actually might be the bestseller. Um, Is that like how to be a person? No, actually not at all. Um, how to be a responsible adult? Mm-mm. It's about business. About okay. giving, about giving, giving uh, the Taliban the business. Um, <laughs> so uh, basically, it's called extreme, extreme Extreme Ownership, How Navy Seals Win and Fight, or Fight and Win. Um, the book is about it's told by uh, it's read by Leif Babin and Jocko Will- Willinks. Um they're two Navy SEALs. I know Jocko was like uh his rank was above Leif's. Leif was under him. He was like a platoon leader and Jocko was a commander of like a whole SEAL platoon or something like that. But they don't really go into a whole bunch of detail. They were in the Ramadi area of uh of of uh Iraq during the, and they were like one of the causes of the battle of Ramadi. Um, basically the book is like talking about leadership and it's, it's to teach a business. They have a company called echelon front front where they talk to business people about like how to fix problems in their business. And they cite real world, uh, things that have happened in business, how they hadn't had to mesh with like Navy seal, the teachings of a Navy seal and the things they've learned in, in combat. Um, <clears throat> They heavily redact names, company names, uh, names of soldiers, things like that in the stories. And they're, they're, they, they they say that, you know, they tell you in the beginning of the book, they're like, this isn't a story of war. This isn't a story where we recount war tales and celebrate the war dead. Like, this is a story, this is strictly about, you know, leadership challenges in combat in the highest, highest, at the highest level. You know, where it's life or death situations and people will die now, not like a customer might die in 20 years or something like that. Like, this is like people are going to die. 
And so the book is about, all about that. It's an amazing book, super impactful. Uh, I don't want to say it changed my life because I'm working on changing my life. Um, but the book is just, it's great, man. I advise anybody, like, forget about anything I ever told you about uh, Audible. Um, forget about any book I ever told you to get. If you don't want to do Audible, just go buy the book. You know, the book is amazing. And, I mean, it's better in Audible, I think, because the two actual Navy SEALs guys, they're reading it. And they put tones. Everything's correct. Like everything's like, like you when they're saying something to you, you're like, they feel this, they believe it. Like this is like their life, you know. Um, their friends died, you know, in Iraq. But um, and if we can ever get it figured out, I'll play you guys an excerpt from it. But the book is great, man. Uh, one particular point, <laughs> he ta- he's talking to, and this is the, toward the end of the book. He's talking to two people at a business meeting. He's uh, Jocko and Leaf are doing a talk. Um, telling them like how to be good leaders and during one of the like breaks one of the leaders comes up to him and says yeah my two best engineers who hate each other's guts are now after like a year of arguing back and forth are now trying to both one guy called me and said this guy's looking for another job fire him the other guy called me and said this guy's looking for another job fire him so both engineers are tattletelling on each other and the two you know for like three or four hours like he's telling us this story how they were trying to figure out how to get rid of these engineers or how which one to believe and the boss was like i'll just i don't know i'll just i'm not going to do anything and i'm gonna let it just play itself out and these guys were like these guys their whole logic their whole platform was like no you need to be decisive you need to take action they're like fire them both you know, and it's just like, dude, like there's something about like a regular person isn't exposed to these type of individual types of individuals. And I think that's a real disservice that we don't get to meet and talk to these kinds of people because they live their lives in a whole nother way. Like, like where we like, Oh man, I make this decision and Oh no, they pull the trigger. Like they just make the decision and they fucking cope with the next stage, that's it. It's not even like, was it a bad decision? Was it a good decision? They're like, I made a decision based on the information I had now to the best of my abilities. Now we move forward regardless of the results and we deal with that next scenario. You know, um, the whole book is like that. And I mean, they had this whole thing. Like if you're overwhelmed, deal with the high priority task. You know, um, if there's multiple things to do, break them into chunks and deal with the most the most urgent issue, and then go down from there. Um, if you have a leadership challenge, like people don't want to work with you, or if you know your boss isn't helping you, or if your boss is tying up your time with silly stuff, they were like, it's called they call it leading up the chain of command. So they were like, if your boss is constantly asking you for more information. They're like, give your boss a glut of information. Give your boss every minute detail of every possible thing. Yes, it's more work. But, you know, and that's the thing, right? These guys aren't afraid of more work, you know? Like, where I read that, I was like, oh, it's more work. So I don't want to deal with this an idiot any more than I have to. Like, because I'm trying to figure out how to deal with my boss. And, they, you know, their whole thing is like, no, you give them more. You know, make sure you've you've equipped them completely. And and the, the whole book is based around the concept of extreme ownership. And I was lecturing Michael about this yesterday. You know, they were like, the, um, in the beginning of the book, um, Jocko has a situation where uh, he comes up with his army army uh, QRF, the Quick Reaction Force that the SEALs use in case they get in trouble. The quick reaction force gets called in by his seal his seal platoon in the field. Says, "Yeah, we're getting hammered by these by by um, terrorists. 
you know, by Taliban fighters. And we're stuck in this building. We can't get out. They've got heavy weapons. You know, they got 50 cows. They got freaking mortars. And we're stuck. You know, so-and-so's wounded. You know, we got guys down. You know, nobody's de- dead or hurt, severely hurt. But we, we're, like, taking injured. And it's going to get worse. It's going to get more and more hairy. And so he comes in with a quick reaction force. And the quick reaction force starts hammering this building. You know what I mean? And, you know, his Marine, his Navy SEALs call in. And they say... Dude, it's getting worse, yo. We need your help. Where you guys at, you know? And they're like, we're coming. What building you in? And they're going through this whole thing with the building. And it turns out that they're, you know, an Iraqi soldier early in the morning went somewhere he wasn't supposed to go. And he got shot by the SEALs first thing in the morning because he wasn't supposed to be there. A friendly soldier, a friendly Iraqi soldier. He wasn't supposed to be there. He got shot. And that his unit engaged the SEALs and they've been fighting all day. And then they, they, they called the quick reaction force and the quick reaction force joined the Iraqi fighters in firing on the SEALs. Mm-hmm. So long story short, his command said his, he had a call from his command the end of that day, after they resolved everything. And his command said, shut everything down. Don't do anything. Don't make any phone calls. Don't check any emails. We're coming. You know, his command sergeant major. And I don't know, some someone who's whoever's in charge of Navy SEALs. And he just, so he just spent that week until they got there preparing everything, you know? And he said, um, his boss called him before they got there. said, who, I want to know who did this. Why'd this happen? You know? And he went down a laundry list of who's the who's and what's as to why it went wrong. Jocko did. Right. And Jocko at the end of the thing, he was like, when he sat down in front of the command sergeant major and the other guys and all his seals and his entire battalion of platoonists, seals or whatever, he was like, the person who's at fault. And he asked him, he said, who's at fault? And he kept asking them and guys would stand up. It's my fault. Cause I didn't do this. Another guy said, it was my fault. Cause I didn't do this. Another guy said, it was my fault. Cause I didn't do this. And then he said, no, it's none of your fault. He said, it's my fault. He said, I failed. It's I, it happened on my watch. I'm the mission commander. You know, he said, I should have been there. I should have made sure everybody's shit was in order, you know, and I'm a huge proponent of this. I always have been of taking responsibility, you know, because to me, that's like all you have is a man. But this like really kind of reinforced it, which is like if you let something spin out of control or something happens, something spins out of control around you. If it happened to if you let it happen on your face, guess what? It's your fault. You know, and that's what this book is really all about. It's about extreme ownership. It's like by owning your problems and then tackling them and taking them down. And they they hit it from a business perspective. But I think this is like life changing stuff. You know, it's like something everybody should read. Like when you get your pair of night vision goggles as a kid, like when they issue them to you as a child, it's just something that if I'm a president, I will work on making sure everybody has night vision because it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I will also give you a copy of this book because it's great. You know, anyway. First grade reading? Uh, it's first rate. It's it's hundred percent first rate, and it's not it's not it's not like it's not first grade reading, <laughs> but it is. It's a great book, and it's well written, and the thoughts and everything in it are great. I mean, I'll probably buy all of you guys one for Christmas. I'm giving Michael's going to get one very soon, but uh, my Evan, you'll get one for Christmas for sure. Um, okay. So the other thing, you guys have any questions about that? No, sounds pretty good. All right, cool. So the other book was called, this book is fucking great. Michael, you have to stop everything you're reading right now and read this. Um, it's called We Are Legion, We Are Bob, the Bobiverse book one. Um, <laughs> and it's basically about a guy who 
he sells his software company, becomes a millionaire, and he's like a billionaire. He's like, I'm set for life. Yes. Mm, it's good. You know, I'm straight. And then he says, you know what? I'm going to make sure I can live forever. So then he goes to one of these cryogenic labs and has signs up and ha- fills out the paperwork and everything, sets everything up so he can be fr- have his head frozen when he dies. Walks out of the facility, gets hit by a car, dead. Okay. <laughs> and when he wakes up, they're like, yeah, welcome to, you know, 2162 or whatever, you know. And they tell him the world is shit and everything's a fucking mess. We need you to go. We need we you are gonna you were not and he's like trying he's like we're my arms he's like the thing about that is <laughs> he's like you are actually property of the state and you are going to be jammed into a interstellar probe and it's actually called a there's a name of this kind of probe uh, I can't think of a name it's a Scheumann probe or something like that it's basically basically the concept of like interstellar travel the way the best way to do it is you build a probe that can reproduce itself so basically he's in a probe that can reproduce itself his his consciousness his brain whatever and so he has to go out there and he's in this fight against the brazilian uh probe <laughs> who's a whore and um <laughs> you know then whatever else is out there in space and the book is awesome though dude it's so good uh Absolutely, just a great book, and it's read by me and Michael's favorite fucking Ray Porter, oh, um, wow. the voice of Joe Ledger. So the book is great, man. It's honestly a, a fucking great book. It's totally worth the read. Um, totally enjoyable, man. And the thing is, he's building, so he's like making modifications to himself. He's transferring his consciousness from one probe to another, and he's making all these new bobs. But each bob takes on their own identity. You know what I mean? So guys, like, nah, I'm Dennis. You know, it's like, and it's like one guy's like, I'm Mario. And, you know, it's like, and it's like all these probes are extremes of his personalities. So one of them is like, call me Riker, you know, and his visual <laughs> representation of himself is, is him, is the Bob guy sitting on a, on the, on the Enterprise in Riker's clothes is sitting on the thing. He's like, engage, you know, <laughs> it's hilarious, man. He's like, call me Riker. It's so fucking good, dude. Um, honestly, it's a great fucking book. It's a fun, lighthearted book. It's very enjoyable, and you'll be totally hooked from the fucking beginning. So, I uh, definitely worth the read. Hmm. That sounds pretty good. <clears throat> yeah. I like it. So I brought you down. I got serious on you, and I brought you. I brought you. I made you smile. Thank you. Speaking of Riker, Star Trek. Who put that in there? I did. Star Trek Beyond? Okay. So I just wanted to make a mention. Star Trek Beyond is going to release this coming Tuesday. Um, I, I, you know, I, I saw an ad. It's like, coming out on Blu-ray. But, of course, you know, you can just buy a digital copy, obviously, on whatever service you prefer. iTunes, Amazon, whatever. What is Beyond? I mean, that's the, the third yeah. Star Trek movie. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. I thought you were talking about the show. Comes out in, Sorry, go ahead. No, that's in 2017. Yeah, the, I don't know the name of it. I don't know if it has a name yet. Yeah, it might, maybe they'll just say Star Trek. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to come out, I think, in January, supposedly. January 2017. Did you guys mm-hmm. see Beyond? What did you think? I did not see Didn't it. Didn't see it. Mm, it was good. I wouldn't buy it on Blu-ray, and I don't know what we're talking about that, but... Um... <laughs> 
because Blu-ray is De- like, depending on your source, you must be saying uh, it has already been out for a while. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I think I paid for it on Google Play or something, and it's good. It's it's it was good. It was it was action packed, but it wasn't like silly. It was good. I enjoyed it. It's worth seeing. I wouldn't go buy it. I wouldn't pay for it though. Again. Sorry, I wouldn't pay like twenty dollars for it. I'd pay four dollars okay. for it and rent it. You know, mm-hmm. I'd go to go to the red box and pay, you know, two dollars for it, but I wouldn't pay twenty dollars to have a disc permanently in my fucking library. It's not it's definitely Shatner Shatner class. When did Redbox increase its price? Wasn't it like a dollar for a long time? Now know. it's a dollar fifty? I don't know. I don't know how much it is. So the new T V show is actually called Star Trek Discovery. And it's mm, gonna come out in week. May. That's gonna last one season. That's a horrible name. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a, I'm upset. Maybe they'll change it. If they change the name, it could go, you know, four or five seasons. That's weak. I don't like that name. It said ten years before the events of the original Star Trek series. Come on. Why, man? Stop. Go fucking way in the future. Why? Yeah. Why are they doing that? Just stop. They love going like every every group challenges themselves to go further back. Please, even the movies are back. Be... I'm like, come on, please, let's fuck. Unless you're going to show funny. me the Makos and shit, yo. That's all I care about. Like, the war times, I'll see that. Show me that shit. Mm-hmm. But don't show me some bullshit, because now you're going to fucking... Now they're going to controvert... I'm sorry, I'm going ham and, like, ranting, and I've shut you down, like, four times. Everyone's like, Bleh. I'm <laughs> like, shoot up! <laughs> <laughs> all I'm saying is, like, every time one of these channels does that, they break fucking... Uh, they break... Uh, they break canon. And they bring new can like the movie broke the shit out of canon. And then they said, "Well, it was a time spatial event. That's why it's not like that, you know." Um, You've and, broken and, and covenant. I, yeah, basically, I, I just want <laughs> I just want the canon to be clean and smooth, man. I want it to all make sense. There's already a lot of holes, you know. I don't want to fucking see them glaring in my face. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, and of course it's not gonna, it's going to be the USS Discovery. What what ship is so? It's American. Well, all the ships are called USS something. The USS Enterprise, you know. Starfleet all... didn't exist, though, 10 years before the Enterprise. Did it? Um, That's a good point. Yeah, it did. Because yeah. in the last episode of Star Trek Enterprise, they form... Well, they form the... Well, I'm sorry, no. In the show, they their their whole organization is called Starfleet. But at the end of the, end of the series... They they formed the United Federation of Planets. That's what it is. So why aren't they the U? Mm. Why aren't all the ships UFP Enterprise? Stupid. Why the fuck's called UFP? They're not. They're not. They're not UFP ships. They're Starfleet ships. Why are they called? Which is just an Earth. Just an Earth. I mean, it's like what's USS stand for? It's like all the. I have no idea. Michael. United States Sailing Force. Sailing, sailing, sailing ship. <laughs> yeah, it's bullshit. It's like no thought was put in United that. States just... ship. Okay, that's so not creative. Is that what it really means? Yes. Oh. You know what HMS means? Her Majesty's ship. Her Majesty's service. Her Majesty's oh. ship. I think. Yeah, Her Majesty's oh. service is something else. It's a Bond mm. movie. Her Majesty's Secret Service. And also, worst porn ever. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but um, so USS is a US ship. Mm-hmm. 
Damn. That's disappointing. <sighs> it is. We need we need to revamp the military. Well, instead of HMS, right? You know, they're like, well, it can't be HMS, so. Why are we always riding off of England's jock? Because we're, we're of them. Ugh. Whatever, man. You know they say to to truly be a man, you have to kill your father mm. figuratively. There you go. We can do it literally. Yeah. <laughs> Nuke that bitch. Yeah. Right. Glass <laughs> it. Goodbye, UK. No. <laughs> yeah. Glass it. Well, no, that's uh, that's more the Middle East. But you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever. We'll you get it. We need some practice. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they're about to exit the EU anyway. Yeah, they're barely they're barely people. They barely, they're not even have credit cards anymore. <laughs> has it been? Uh, has it, I was about. <laughs> <laughs> or friends. But by the way, that's how that's how you that's the rating system of a person. For anybody who doesn't know, yeah. do you have credit cards <laughs> and do you have keys and friends <laughs> and friends and friends? If yeah. you don't have any of those things, you are not a person. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Well, then James and James and I are not really people at the moment. Uh, yeah. No, I I have debt, which means I have credit. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So I have keys I, and I have friends. I'm in good shape. And you have debt too, Michael. So you're per, you were you're both people. Debt, I definitely have. Yep. <laughs> but going back to Star Trek, I would like to see something in the far future, just to see how creative they can, the writers can be again, not like trying to basically put our current technology into a Star Trek. Show. They're not creative though. That's the problem. None of these guys are creative. That's why it's safe to go back. They've had it's a couple. To... Yeah, they've had a couple episodes of Star sure. Trek here and there, where they have you know them from the future. Yeah, like time Starfleet Time Force or whatever. And yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like this is the and they had the, the Federation the Time Seventh Century, the Federation Time Ship Relativity in yeah, Voyager, was... and they they did uh, some future stuff in Star Trek Enterprise. With the uh, crewman Daniels, who was from like the 31st century or some crap. Yeah, that was kind of weak. It was okay. It was okay. It was interesting. Uh, I maybe they just didn't have the budget, but like the too much green screen stuff. They could do more yeah. though. Like, why don't they build on the three the three nacelle ship and just start from that period, three nacelle Enterprise? That that that, that was that great. was great. That was great. They build on that and go forward. You know. Well, no, that was uh. You know, they kind of done that with, uh, so, you know, that was in the last episode, right? Of Star Trek, The Next Generation? Yes. They brought it back a couple times, but not not in a serious way. Well, the problem is in the in the very next, in the so the, the series ended, then they had the first movie with them, right? Yeah. And in that movie, that Enterprise gets destroyed. Well, they can build another one. You know, the one. Enterprise D gets destroyed, and then they have the Enterprise E, right? No, not the one with the three warp nacelles. That never gets. No, but that was the Enterprise D modified. No, that's all it was. No. Yeah. They never say that. That Admiral Riker, like, saved. He's like, they were gonna mothball it. He's like, I wouldn't let them. You know, and mm. then it had the third nacelle, and so obviously they like renovated it or whatever. You know, whatever they call and it. Basically, like a super phaser or a Borg cutting so beam. Broke, or so they broke cannon with the first movie because they destroyed it. Yeah. Hmm. But, you know, I guess that was a possible future. You know, who knows, right? Okay, but. stop. I, I, have, I, have one, <laughs> I have one final thing to say. I wonder if the writers will 
address the Mars colony of Muscovites. Hmm. I don't remember that. What's that from? No, that's no Elon like Musk. Elon Musk is going to Mars now. So if this new Star Trek series is supposed to take place 10 years before the original series, basically, or, or Enterprise or whatever it was, there should be a well-established Elon Musk colony. Well, it's going to be Mars. after Enterprise and before the original series. Oh, well, never mind then. Well, yeah, the the plus the in the original series, that period is all like World War Three. And according to the the newest movie, if you'd seen the new, so the, here's a problem. My biggest problem with the newest movie, the bad guy in the newest movie is Idris Elba. Okay, mm-hmm. he's a great actor and he does a great job, but they throw him in all this horrible makeup and make him a goofball, and then all of a sudden he becomes an alien somehow mad through magic. But if you put all that to the side, it's still a good movie, um, and he does a great job with what they give him. But basically, his role, his in the movie, he's like. This former, he's like the top, he's like a, a a Starfleet ODST type guy, you know, orbital drop commander who like dropped into combat zones and was like fucking Mr. Kill. Like, like that's who he was. Like he was a badass. Like he's awesome. And he alludes, his character alludes to the fact that Starfleet was one to awesome, not this like fucking like super lame like we don't use money and we all pet we all we're all friends organization but a fucking crew a fucking crew full of gangster ass murderers who drop motherfuckers from orbit into combat zones to kick ass and take names okay not a diplomatic corps exactly not like a diplomatic corps of fucking pusses so anyway the, the, so i want to see that like show me that show me the makos like i want to see that that makes them interesting like that's why Enterprise was interesting. I need to get Wesley Snipes from Drop Zone. Jesus Christ! <laughs> there you go. And Gary Busey. I've I've been flying spaceships for like ninety-seven years. That's right. <laughs> you remember what that's from? I don't think I do. I I, I kind of paraphrased, but the Tom Segura comedy when he was imitating Steven Seagal. Oh right right right. Yep. He's like, how do you? It's a helicopter's called Skippy because it goes skip, 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 skip. It's like, what do you? How do you know about helicopters? I've been flying helicopters for like forty-seven years. <laughs> that is correct. That is mm-hmm. correct. Anyway, well, my my high hopes for the new series will surely be dashed immediately. And I hope not. You know, the last series ended in two thousand five. Yeah. Who, uh, what network is it going to be on? C- well, there's the thing. So it's CBS who owns Star Trek. Okay. okay. So they say it's going to air on CBS, which I find odd, but whatever. Okay. But what they're going to do, they're going to air the first episode on TV. Right. And then they're going to say, ha ha, you want to watch the rest? Go sign up for our service. One season. You know, the CBS apparently has their own version of Hulu. Yeah. One season. Called, it's called That's, All Access. I don't even know what that unfortunate. is. Unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. We should write our own our own Star Trek series, fan fiction. You know, that's already been a thing, right? What, and fan I haven't fiction? watched any of them because I'm either a bad person or too logical. I'm not sure. Well, 
I mean, the ones that you have are semi-professional. There are right. definitely like full fan fiction made on a camcorder TV, you know, movies. Well, I mean, like Star Trek of Gods and Men. Yeah, that's semi-legitimate. Anything involving Tim Russ is like sixty-three percent legitimate. That's true. Yeah, that is true. But I still never watched Star Trek of Gods and Men. Yeah. There's one that's like Star Trek Return to Triskelion. Like, Jesus, what is this? Let's stop. Let's stop right yeah. there. Let's move on. Uh, James, what do you got to say about Burma? Okay. Um, before we go to that, I just remembered something that I'm going to just drop on you guys really quickly. Um, BMW USA. Two, two, sna- two claps and two snaps. They're at it again. Um, Michael, I'm sure you remember this. Evan, you might not. Do you remember a series, a little series of videos from like the early 2000s called The Driver? No. BMW Films. Yeah, BMW Films. And they had these different guest directors and actors come in. And The Driver was played by... uh, Clive Owen. Clive Owen, yeah. Clive Owen, he came in. And he basically... and, And actually, The Driver series of films was what inspired Transporter. Um, so anyway, it's amazing. And I will put all of them up. I just forgot they're making a new one. They've already made one. And the newest one's called The Escape with Dakota Fanning, Clive Owen, and the guy from... That might be one of the original ones. No, no, no. It's no, it's brand new. No, but I mean, they might have made an original one called The Escape, but... Yeah, this is theirs. This is by BMW. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you mean an original one? I mean, one of the ones from the early 2000s. No, no, there might was be another... called The Escape. Oh, may, that might be too, but this is obviously, you know, featuring a new car. Sure, sure, um, sure. But uh, it's about human... Possible future. Human cloning. Possible future, yes, Evan. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so anyway, I'll put a link to that description. I have not watched it, uh, but it's... the Honestly, these, the other ones were better than the actual movie. Better than the actual movies. They were amazing. And I watched them several times. Um, I thought they were great, and I couldn't wait for the new ones to come out. And this one, this other one just came out, too. It just came out in October, and it's uh, The Escape. They haven't said they're going to release another one, but hopefully it'll happen. So we'll see. I'll put links in the description. Hmm. Um, As far as Burma, this is just a quick one. I'm going to go quickly over this one. So EA obviously has their horrible, horrible thing, platform, Origin Games. Used to be Origin Software Works, used to be owned by Chris Roberts, and because they're horrible people, they they, they, they reduced his company to the name of a horrible Steam knockoff um, where you can buy their horrible games. So anyway, if you want to get Battlefield 1, <laughs> you have to use Origin. If you want to get... Uh, mm-hmm. um, really? Yeah. And I, you can't. Can you buy it in the store? You just have to activate it on Origin or you something. Buy, you can either buy it through Origin or you, uh, maybe you can buy it in the store too. But I don't know. You have to get. It, I know you have to activate it through Origin for sure. But mm. I, I know I could go and I've gone in in Origin myself and downloaded the beta, the beta test. Um, so you can buy it in there too. And I bought games in there. I bought Command and Conquer in there because they own Westwood Studios. Sadly, anyway. So. Uh, for whatever reason, not for what, not not for whatever reason, because we had a uh, what's the word trade embargo, trade embargo with several countries, including Myanmar, you can't get you can't get uh, Battlefield One, and it's caused a huge uproar. Well, the trade embargo was lifted because Obama was like, "Yo, 
can't let these fools not have battle for one B. You know, <laughs> so he lifted sure, the sure trade. That's what he was thinking. Yep. That's exactly Executive order, stamp sign. Exactly. Seems. So he, you know, he pardoned Myanmar, and he let them. He, he's letting <laughs> them get Battlefield One, but EA has not lifted their hold on it. So it's causing a huge uproar as far as the gaming space is concerned. That's what that's about. Done. Read the article if you're interested. Hmm. I barely care about this, but I thought it was kind of interesting because I didn't know that trade embargoes affected video games. That's the only reason I put this in there. Neither. I hadn't put much thought to it. Yeah, I didn't. I know. um, I'm pretty sure Doom or the original Wolfenstein or something was banned or might still be banned in Germany. Hmm. I get that because the the Nazi stuff in there. Yeah. Interesting. Also, I didn't realize Chris Roberts created Origin. Yeah, he did. Origin Origin Software Works or Software House or something. That was his original company that he made before he had Digital Anvil. That's the company that made Wing Commander. Hmm. Origin. Starring Harry Connick Jr.? Not was he in that? No, that was Independence Day. Who Freddie am I? Th- Prince Freddie Jr. Prince Jr. <laughs> he works he works at a Mr. Softy in Calabasas now. Yeah. <laughs> No, he doesn't. <laughs> no, he he manages a Dairy Queen in Oakland. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I think he's a huge uh, Trump supporter. I think he's a huge conservative nutbag. I, was, I thought you were gonna be like, he's huge in Burma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, should we have our uh, our our weekly fat chat? Fat comfortable? chat. Oh, speaking of fat chat, so I was going through yeah. my phone the other day trying to trying to trying to figure out what alarm to set so I could wake up, and I <laughs> you know I hadn't I had to wake up at like really early for some because I was driving to Georgia driving to this event that I went to this weekend, and <laughs> the the alarm that I had that I I found in there it found this one alarm that Evan had made this this oh, yeah. and I I just played it for a second this is just to remember what it sounded like and yeah. I was like yo if I play this I will fucking wake up like <laughs> <laughs> and it was the thing like mustard man the mustard man the mustard man is here and it was just like out of context it's pure nightmare fuel you know yeah. just like whoa <laughs> it sounds like creepy and just horrible so oh, yeah, I, thought that yeah. Was I remember that yeah i thought that was funny that's like the first the first like five episodes or something we did that right. I, I don't remember was it your voice or was it it's, mike's it's voice <laughs> okay me. i was like man i'm gonna make that an mp3 and you're gonna use yeah. it as a ringtone you being a maniac <laughs> hilarious okay so, random fact of the week, um, the origin of the fantastic breakfast cereal, Lucky Charms. Um, it was created as a result of a challenge by General Mills Management to their employees to make a unique product utilizing one of their two main cereals at the time, Wheaties and Cheerios. So, in 1962, an employee named John Holahan, Johnny O. Houlihan, um, created Lucky Charms by mixing Cheerios and cut up circus peanuts. Oh. Everyone's disgusting favorite. What the hell are circus peanuts? <laughs> Just peanuts? No. <laughs> You're better off not actually knowing, but do you ever see the super cheap candy in the cellophane wrappers that's like orange oh, that. peanut? Yeah. yeah. It's like a really dry marshmallow or yeah. something. It's gross. Huh. 
tastes like t- it tastes exactly how it looks. Uh, I never. Man, I don't think I'm. Man is here. <laughs> wow. I don't think I've ever had yeah. those because they look horrible. They are horrible. Yeah, I, don't, I don't get the allure of a big, of a, just a racist, a racist ass fucking like, I'm in Lucky Charms. The potato <laughs> famine's got me here. You know what I mean? I just, I don't get it. I never, they're not good. Or the, the episode of Rick and Morty where he eats them, all his, his, uh, what, Raspberry Smiggles or Strawberry Smiggles, and the kids cut his intestines open and yeah. start eating him. <laughs> Dark. Oh God, what's happening? That's you're killing me! Ah. Oh yeah, good stuff. That was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next quick mention, I put a link in here to uh, a. It's kind of a product website. If you're familiar with Chris Powell and his wife Heidi Powell, um, he is he's worked with. Uh, people on like a series called like Extre- um, Extreme Makeover Weight Loss Edition, and also if you, um, there was, there was I think it was a YouTube, it might have been on TV, but there was a short series called the Six Hundred and Fifty Pound Virgin, and I don't remember his name was like David Smith or something like that, and he lost four hundred pounds in two years working with this uh, Chris Powell. Um, he subsequently rebounded quite a bit and is once again working on losing weight. But really? uh, yeah, the, the principle behind his success was carb cycling, which I'm currently trying to figure out for myself. Um, uh, so they, they have a product or I guess a book called extreme transformation. And uh, he actually has a book also, which I bought for like twelve dollars. I don't know where it is right the second, but it goes through various uh, methods of carb cycling. On the website here, they have easy, classic, turbo, fit, and extreme carb cycling. It's just varying how many days in a row, um, the amount of calories and stuff like that you can quote unquote cycle with. It's actually quite. Uh, a good way of getting in shape. Um, I've been doing a a poor job of it for the past two weeks or so, but it has yielded results. I will just make a mention again that I still feel the best like physically and mentally when I'm uh, doing ketogenic eating, but this is pretty good and it's, it's, fairly sustainable long-term. You don't have to limit yourself so much. You just have, uh, you know, high, high carb days, low carb days, stuff like that. Um, and you know, there's, there's a method to that'll work with everyone. So if you have almost no self-control, you could do like half a day, low carb, then two days, high carb and then a cheat day and then a whole day low carb stuff like that just just ways of cycling so pretty good resource on the website that i linked they give a basic rundown of each of the different cycles um i don't remember if they give many like approved food choices but if you just stick to you know whole foods you're probably right fine like chicken uh rice broccoli carrots, apples, bananas, whatever, stuff like that. Uh, meat, vegetables, um, 
olive oil or olives, stuff like that for fats or peanut butter or almond butter, whatever. Um, it can be quite good. So in my, <clears throat> I, I'll show you guys some video if I can get it off the iPhone a little bit later, but I went to the gym yesterday and in my cycle, I basically took a, took a cheat day or a very high carb day. So I had a lot of like pasta meat, um, yesterday. And I do have to say my session other than a few, uh, missteps in form, which is my fault. Um, it felt great. So I feel, I feel very strong when eating carbs, which is typical. So I think I'm going to, I bought some, I went shopping today as I sent you guys pictures of all the pumpkin spice products. (laughs) (laughs) I bought some, uh, some food containers and a little bit later tonight, I'm going to prep a few days worth of high and low carb meals. Just, I have a bunch of frozen chicken. I also bought a couple, uh, or a bag of rice, broccoli, uh, a couple apples, um, some, I have some spinach and some sugar snap peas. And I bought some kimchi also. Um, so I'm going to make some, you know, a couple different combinations and see how it goes for another week or two. Have you guys been updating the spreadsheet? Our tracker? I have not weighed myself since okay. maybe like a week ago or something. Okay. Um, but then thank you for so reminding the, me. I'll, I'll weigh myself tonight. Although it's you, not going to be good, but that's all right. Weigh, weigh yourself in the morning after you take your, uh, your constitutional or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, because as you can see, if you look at my sheet in, uh, in the spreadsheet, mm-hmm. a, a night makes a large difference or can make a large difference. So over the last two weeks, when I abandoned uh, low carb slash keto and went on to this other calorie slash carb cycling thing, which I did most of the way through, but took some liberties with, um, I, my weight overall did go up by like three pounds, two, two pounds, three pounds, something like that. Um, however, uh, I, I increased my lean body mass and lost fat. So I'm, I'm a fan of that, but as you can see on the 27th, um, I worked out and I weighed myself right after the workout. So it was at like, you know, 2 a.m. or something. I'm fucking sweating. I'm all juiced. Um, and then I went back the next morning and weighed myself again. And there was, you know, some noticeable differences in the numbers. Mm. So if, uh, if you can weigh yourself empty in the morning, <clears throat> did you fall to your knees and thank Lord Jesus for these gains? <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes, I did. But I'm pretty happy with uh, how I'm progressing. I'm getting up to a respectable weight in all of my lifts, Get, uh, and it's uh, fit, I'm getting up to a good weight. Like, that's <laughs> not, uh, not what we're doing here. He's dropping those pounds. Go the other way. <laughs> He's like, yeah, man. I'm I'm putting on more mass, man. It's great. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, dude. Oh. Yeah. 
So you want some enchiladas? <laughs> I'm, I'm cultivating mass. Jesus. That's right. Or as uh, as uh, Bro Science Life Dom says, mass is in session. That's, <laughs> that's right. Mass is in session. Yeah. So we have uh, six, five weeks, six weeks, seven weeks. Yeah, I've been uh, about seven weeks left this, on our competition. This week, I got. I got back on the keto chow mm-hmm. this past week, except maybe once or twice. I, uh, you know, for lunch I had a like a salad or something instead of instead of the chow. Mm-hmm. But I get back. Did you order another month's worth, dude? I still have like two unopened bags of the shit. Oh, uh, it's like what? Yeah. So you only did it for like half the time last time. I guess. Okay. I don't know, man. I'm not going well, and on you know, really on the weekends, I haven't really been using it either. So that's the other thing I need to correct. But week, <clears throat> all the poops, man. The poops are ridiculous. I thought you said they were a little bit better. Well, adding less cream. A little bit better is still not great. You know. Okay. So I mean, I'm trying to trying to keep on it. I don't know. We'll see. I, uh, either way, I still think low carb is the, the way for me to go, whether it's keto chow or, or just making better choices. Other than the pooping, which as we, we promised two weeks ago that we would spend an hour discussing. So we'll just get right into it. Other than that, how do you feel? I mean, a lot better than I. Always did. I told you guys the the back isn't hurting anymore. You well, you mentioned it was better. You didn't say it was. Oh yeah, I mean it's. You, you said it felt, you know, not as bad. Also. Oh yeah, no, it's. I mean, I'm still, you know, not. I'm not like yeah, let's go lift a bus or something. You know, I'm still not like. Right. Hundred percent, but. Can you stand now? Oh yeah. No problem. Excellent. Excellent. In fact, even like a week ago, I I went on quite the walk around Bethesda. It's probably it's probably over a mile of walking, and um, that's like pretty amazing. The back was fine. The next day, my fucking thighs were killing me. Like inner or outer or top? Uh, I'd probably say maybe or everywhere maybe top. <laughs> okay. Oh. It's like uh, the Matrix. Like, why do my eyes hurt? You've never used them before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, man. So I'm seeing. Obviously, I'm already seeing a huge improvement just in my back and stuff. So, you know, I had gotten the referral from the doctor. It's like, oh, you could go see a go see a, a physical therapist and all this stuff. And I was like, you know what? Let me let me try losing a little weight first, just to see. And Hang bam, on. here we are. So that problem is solved just by losing a little say, weight. Say that whole thing again. Yeah. Just by because Zencaster was doing yeah. doing something sketchy My again. Audio dropped out as well. Oh, no, I was just saying something about like the doctor said. Oh, the you know the doctor gave me a referral. Yeah. To go see a physical therapist. Oh yeah. You know, and I and I just I said to myself I was like you know what before I go do all that. It's like, let me just lose, try to lose a little weight first and see, you know, if it improves or if my back really is fucked. 
mm-hmm. because I'm a doctor and I can make those calls. I can make those calls. <laughs> right. Evan can't. You need to go to Ble- you need to see Blevins before you make any decisions mm-hmm. to make about your health care. Right. Where are these bricks in your shoes? <laughs> like, uh, all right. Those are conditioning weights. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it's good good for your calves. So Evan or uh yeah, so I was able to so like I said, now now that I've lost a, just a just a little bit of weight, I mean it's like maybe ten, fifteen pounds or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um the back is good, you know. So I'm I'm good. real happy about good. that. And of course I want to continue to lose weight to be happy, mm-hmm. healthy, blah blah. Not right. be out of breath. You know, I mean I'm the that's even improved because of just losing a little bit of weight, you know. That's improved also. Mm-hmm. But imagine how much gonna improve get, if I lose like a hundred pounds, you know? So get that fat away from your windpipe. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's the other <laughs> thing, right? Yeah, I got a I got a fat neck and a fat whatever the fuck I mean, whatever the hell. So, whatever, whatever that other doctor said. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, <laughs> you ever seen a neck like that? <laughs> I got a big tongue or something. I don't know, something like that. Yeah. Hey. Like, yeah, I was like, okay, this this is odd, but all right. Yeah. Whatever. He's the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. So if you can walk. A mile in Bethesda. Granted, your your uh, your quads hurt. Um, you should still get you should get new dress shoes because mm-hmm. I think those are the wrong size for you. Just in you know as a side comment, mm-hmm. but if you're somewhat mobile, then uh, you have every reason to join Planet Fitness and become active. Well, if I do. If I do move to a new apartment, which obviously I need to anyway, but mm-hmm. all the places I've looked at, they all have 24-hour fitness centers Okay. that you can use. Uh, we, you know, we have a yep. quote-unquote fitness center here too, which is like one room with a couple things in it, but, right. but I mean, and honestly, it would be adequate for my needs, but it's not open 24 hours, and... You know, I forget what time it closes on the weekends. Like, I mean, on the weekdays. Like, I mean, it's pretty late, like 10 or 11 p.m., something like that. But on the weekends, it closes even earlier, which kind of sucks. Like, I'm pretty sure on Sunday, it's like 5 p.m., we're closed, you know? Something like that. Which is just dumb. There's no one there anyway. I don't know why it needs to be, you know, why the hours are restricted. Yeah. Well, be uh, any any activity in addition to your diet will only compound the benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're just doing treadmill, then that's I mean, shit, walk a mile every other day or something. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just start creeping up the uh, the incline. It'll be a better workout. And if you do get into some weights, don't be discouraged. Because the day after, or two days after you do it, or the the day after, you'll feel fine. The next day, you'll want to fucking kill yourself. <laughs> yeah, no, I've I've been through that before, so. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll just give it like a week. Like, I that was, when I started, 
the day, uh, you know, doing it, doing the first workout was okay. Since the weight was pretty light the day after was, I was like, I'm a little bit sore the day after that. I was like moving, you know, walking my feet forward at, you know, four to six inches at a time. Like, Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. I'm glad I don't have to go up any steps right now. Shit like that. And it took about five days to, um, to get back to what I would call normal. And then started like the sec the next workout. Um, I was sore for like two days and the next one, one day. And now I, I don't get sore anymore. So your body gets used to it pretty quickly. Nice. The guys at work or some of the guys at work, they've started doing like on their lunch break or something. Mm-hmm. They've been, you know, we're on in my office, we're on the third floor and mm-hmm. there's 15 floors total in the building. Yeah. They've been going up the steps. Yeah, I know people who used to do that, which actually reminds me of something that I thought to tell you a couple of weeks ago, but I forgot about um, when you're going down to your car, what you could do to get some activity or, or even when you're coming up from the garage to your office, basically walk around the perimeter of the floor you're on, go down the steps to the next floor, walk around the second floor, go down the steps to the first floor, walk around it go down the steps to the garage or whatever. And you could, you could easily do that. Uh, the reverse in the morning. Can't do it in the morning, but could, could do it going, going home. Why can't you do it in the morning? You cannot you fucking en- drenched in sweat. at your desk? You cannot enter the building through the steps. Oh, okay. Well, go to the first floor via elevator or whatever. I the our our thing is set up weird. I could go to the second floor in the elevator and then go up one flight of stairs to the third floor. <laughs> okay, Michael, yeah. you work out your convoluted plan for exercising. Evan, tell us about what you've got next in extras. Why are you? What's going on? We're, we're, you got somewhere to be? Two hours, two hour mark, man. <laughs> Come on, dude. Yeah, the first half an hour doesn't count. Yeah, that that's that's excluding the first half an hour. <laughs> we, I don't even want to. We talked about this. We talked about this. I don't want to. I'm sorry. Just tell us about the AMA here. What, what SpaceX AMA? What is well? Elon Musk did a Reddit. Uh, Ask me anything about SpaceX and uh, the new uh, rocket to Mars and how they will build out the habitats and everything. It is an accompaniment to a video presentation that he did, which is linked uh, in uh, at the top of that AMA, I believe. I did not watch it. However, some of the questions that were asked and answered were pretty interesting. Um, so I thought it'd be fun to include. Uh, the second link in there, Yul Brynner, is a, a public service announcement um, that was released after he died, where he's basically saying, this is released after I'm dead. If I have one piece of advice for people alive is uh, don't ever smoke. So there's your public service announcement. Um, the third link is something I came across when researching camera lenses for some reason. Um, a uh, Just a, a photographer I've never heard of linked to, you know, a page where he uh, displays some, some of his pictures. I think they're in, a lot of them are from Iceland. Um, but they they seem to be, touched up I'll say in something like Photoshop 
but they look amazing and he does lead expeditions occasionally if you want to sort of do that for yourself he'll lead like photo expeditions hmm. yeah i think some of the pictures are like really amazing a guy named max rive r-i-v-e i don't know how to pronounce it yeah these pictures look pretty cool actually yeah they're pretty awesome yeah. Some of them be like, oh, that's that's a drawing or it's computer generated, but apparently that's what I thought a lot of it is. But apparently, apparently, they're not. actual pictures. Pretty cool. Yep. All right, so I put a couple links in here. I came across a story just randomly on Facebook the other day, and they were just talking about the the SR seventy one Blackbird, which, if anyone doesn't know, but I'm sure anyone listening to this does know was a spy plane that was used by the United States for almost 30 years. Uh, it was mm-hmm. built to replace the U-2 spy plane because the U-2 got shot down at least once, if not twice. They talk about it in the article. And so they wanted to build a, a more capable plane, and it started off with a plane called the A-12 which was actually flown just by the CIA. Like, didn't even involve the Air Force. <laughs> They're like, nah, we're doing our own thing. Um, but then that ended up, they ended up making some revisions to the plane and everything, and it eventually became the SR-71. And it was just a spy cool. plane, a very fast plane. It's actually one of the first planes developed that had some stealth capability built into it. Um, although it turns out that after they built it, the Russians pretty much had the ability to detect it anyway. Um, I mean, they weren't like, it has to be a stealth plane, you know, it was just, you know, it's a little stealthy, you know, it's like, all right, cool. But, um, what the problem is it, it generates so much heat from its engines and stuff that, you know, it's hard to mask that. It's basically always in afterburner mode. So Mm -hmm. doesn't it basically fly at? like suborbital uh altitude. Yeah, I think uh it's like one reason why it was so difficult to to shoot down is cuz very few things could get up that high. Yeah, there was it flew very high, so at least 85,000 feet if mm-hmm. not higher, probably higher. It's like 20 miles almost. <laughs> and then it was also it was so fast. The plane was so fast, it was ridiculous. Apparently, their standard evasion, they're like, oh, if they detected a missile lock, they're like, accelerate. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, just outrun. Yeah. The, the plane has never been lost. They've never lost one of those to enemy uh, action. They have mm-hmm. lost a couple to accidents and stuff, but or mechanical failure or whatever, but they've never, the one's never been shot down by an enemy. It's never happened. Yep. So... Pretty cool, pretty cool. Unfortunately, they got rid of the plane in the uh, in the nineties, in about nineteen ninety six, nineteen ninety seven, something like that. Um, it was just too expensive to operate, and they're like, "Well, we still have the U two, we can still use that, and we also have all these spy satellites and shit now, so it doesn't really matter anyway." Were they still using mm-hmm. the U two in the nineties? They're, they're still using it today, as far as I know. Are you serious? Oh yeah. The the plane that has like two wheels. The Dragon Lady. Yep. <laughs> you realize that plane has two or wheels, dragonfly, right? Dragonfly, whatever it's called. Yeah. 
That's fucking ridiculous. <clears throat> yep. No, that plane is crazy too. But um, yeah. Anyway, you guys can read all about it in that article. It's a lot more info in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> the other thing I wanted to talk about was. So I don't know if you guys remember. It was either last year or earlier this year. I'm not even sure. These bun- this bunch of like militant dudes took over this like wildlife refuge place out in the middle of nowhere in like Oregon. And, you know, with their guns and all this shit. And it was like a standoff for like 40 days or some shit. And finally they got arrested and everything. And they they just had a trial. And the the main guys who were... So other people got... Like a whole bunch of people got arrested. Some of them already pleaded guilty and all this stuff. But the main guys who were actually like... the You know, the guys like kind of running it. They were just on trial. And the jury found them not guilty. Mm-hmm. Which is just fucking crazy. Wait, say that again? The jury found them not guilty. Found which one's not guilty? The main guys who were behind the revolt oh, yeah. or whatever, or the oh, take yeah, off, sure. takeover or whatever you call it. Yeah, yeah, it's just fucking stupid. Yeah. No, it's fucking nuts. So I don't know what's up with that, but whatever. And then I, I, I we were talking about it earlier, I put a link to that internet census thing. Port scanning mm-hmm. slash zero. <laughs> scanning the entire internet. It's like it's a long thing, but it's a good read. If you got some time, check it out. It's a very good, very interesting read. Excellent. Yep. Um <clears throat> okay, so I'm gonna skip uh, the airsoft thing just really quickly. So I watched today <laughs> a movie that I saw when I was a kid. Um, the, the link here in the description that I have here is years of tears. I watched Bicentennial Man. Um, if you haven't seen that movie. Oh my God. Okay. I've saw it when I was a kid. I loved it. And I watched it again today and I forced myself to sit through it and I cried like a bitch. Um, it's just like the saddest fucking greatest movie ever. Definitely do yourself a favor and watch it if you haven't seen it. It's on HBO right now. That's where I saw it. But, um, you can, you know. Just fucking watch it online or something. I'm sure any number of people have it up there for you to see. So, um, or just torrent it or something. I wouldn't advise that, but you know, whatever. Um, so that was a great movie by Centennial Man. Also, YouTuber I just discovered, uh, Simone Gertz. Gertz. Um, mm-hmm. funny story, Michael or Evan, you'd like this. She's Swedish. Okay, if you listen, if you listen to her. And I just I would watch that video um, when you get a chance. This is where I want to have titled "She's My Crush." Watch that video. It's hilarious. basically her whole thing is she makes shitty robots. I have seen her. before. Yeah, she used to be on Tested on uh, yeah. Adam Adam whatever's Tested, uh, the guy from MythBusters. Um, she's one of the robotics engineers he has on his show, and he makes stuff. But she has her own thing now where she makes weird stuff, and she makes just wackadoo fucking uh, robots that are all crazy. One that washes your hair and it's like it's like slapping her in the head. I mean, it's just this fucking crazy stuff. Um, but uh, the funny thing is, she just was on one of her recent uh, things. She said she is the great 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 granddaughter of Ericsson, the guy from the Ericsson, you know, the inventor of the Ericsson mobile phone. Um, huh. She's like his great 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 granddaughter, something like that. But he didn't believe in giving wealth to his family, so she said all his mother got out of the whole thing was like, all her mother got out of the whole thing was like a two hundred dollars cell phone, and so she <laughs> sold it to someone like you know when she was a kid or whatever. Um, 
But yeah, just really interesting. It's she's hilarious, funny to watch. Uh, she's going places, I'm sure. She's only been on YouTube for a little while, and uh, she moved to Sweden, and I think she's back in the U.S. now in San Diego or something like that. But she's hilarious. I absolutely love her. Totally, totally like crush on her hard. Um, the video in the description uh, says she's my crush. It's hilarious. Watch it. It's only three minutes long. All her videos are short and they're easy to consume and they're funny as hell. Um, so, uh, Milsim West, I'm not going to talk you guys up on too much. Uh, I'll put some videos in here. Basically, um, it was a lot of fun. Slept on concrete, uh, slept in rat turds, you know, <laughs> um, and didn't get a lot of sleep, actually, you know, spent, spent multiple hours. It's funny because you're not, you know, you don't have TV or computers to occupy your time. So as soon as the nightfall comes, you're thinking, oh, it's 3 a.m., but it's really like 7, you know? So we, I spent like maybe like what felt like five hours awake after dark, and I was like, oh my god, I've been on watch forever, you know. It was me, the platoon leader, and, and the platoon medic, all watching. We're only ones with night vision. We're watching for waiting for an attack, and then the attack came, and I had to go around and wake up all the other guys who were sleeping, and then we gunned down all these guys. It was just so much fun. Then I went to sleep and slept, and they guarded us. It was fun, though. I had a great time. I definitely, if you want to challenge yourself, you want to put yourself to the test, you want to push yourself, see how far you can go, you want to you want to test your medal against even, like, a modicum of what real soldiers test themselves against um, on a daily basis, this is the event to go to, because this is the, the event where they're like, get up. You know, like, I was like, I, I came in and went to sleep, <laughs> and... I was like, put my head down, and someone came up and kicked the bed. They're like, "Get up, get up, get up!" I was like, "Oh, you know," and I and I was awake. You know what I mean? And this is like a lot of that, but also it's fun because you build camaraderie with a, at a different level with these other guys that you're with. You know, you're all loaded down with gear. It's just it's fun, man. I can't I can't express how much how good a time I had. And uh, I'd love to go into greater detail, but I really don't want to because I could talk about this op for hours. And uh, maybe at some point we'll get um, we'll get uh, Josh or Brian Clarkson to come on, and you guys can. <clears> talk to did you go as press or just as your? Uh... No, I played. I played. I went as I played in the role of Cossack militia. Oh, okay. Did you get any of it on uh, GoPro? I did not. Anything? I just I purposely decided not to do any filming. I went there purely to have fun, and I just had a good time. You know, no filming. Very. There were people where they were filming and stuff like that. I'm probably on some people's videos, but. I didn't go there with that in mind. I wanted to have a good time, and I did. You know, I had zero stress about, like, my other podcast, This Week in Airsoft, or any of that stuff. I wasn't thinking about that, and it was great. I'm so glad I did it, you know. And I just watched something today where the guy was talking about, matter of fact, it was her, Simone Gertz. She was talking about this, and she said, I built shitty, shitty robots as my hobby, and then it became my job, and then I had to find a new hobby, you know what I mean? And that's what happened with Airsoft. Airsoft was my hobby, and then it became like a job that didn't pay, and then I hated it, and now I'm going to going to re-explore it as a hobby again and not do it as a job because that was stupid. So so do you think, would you say the community members who showed up for this op were significantly less cancerous than those in the past? Uh, here's the funny thing. None of Airsoft people, when you meet them in person, aren't cancerous. They're great. But when you, on the internet, people automatically become like this fucking clown. And I don't know why. But um, I guess the anonymity. 
But uh, no, the people, everyone here was good. Like all these people are Milsom West regulars. They're part of a community, part of a family, and they did a great job. And there was no cancer. If there was a cancer there, oh, there was one kid who was a cancer, and he stole this place we were at was a is a training center and a, a worst case like a crisis management center um, where they train soldiers, police, and first responders how to deal with crises. So they have a lot of mannequins and foots and hands and body parts all over the place, like buried under rubble and just stacked up in rooms all over the Mount site, the military operations on urban terrain is what Mount stands for, all over the Mount site. So this kid stole a foot, a severed foot, and put it in his bag, and he had it sticking out of his bag, and he thought it was hilarious. Well, the guard at the facility saw him trying to leave with this severed foot at the end of the game, and he got banned from Milsom West games because of it. <laughs> so Milsom West, the people who run Milsom West told him, said, look, if you want to come back to one of our games again, you need to do 100 burpees and videotape it and send it to us. And dude, did this fucking kid not go home and do 100 burpees on video? And he did, he's like, he's like, one, two, and he was fat, you know, he's a like, three, you know, and he did a hundred of them. And his, his post is really good because his post is like, his post is like my, my, my douche softerness. I mean, just the way he typed the post was like, um, anyway, so Josh Warren, the guy who runs Milsom West, someone asked him something about it. And the thing he's like, he's like, I'm teaching the community how to be better. And he was saying it in a really sarcastic way, but it's true. You know what I mean? Like people, mm -hmm. people are going to be better because of because of that kind of stuff. Like people respond to that for some reason. People are like, "Oh, okay, you know, I get it. I totally get it." You know, um, I wish I could find the uh, find the link to this kid's burpees and just read you his post. It was funny though, man. It's fucking hilarious. Very good. Yeah. <clears throat> So one other thing I'll mention this weekend was, uh, you know, obviously Halloween is tomorrow. <clears throat> so this weekend I donned now, unfortunately or fortunately, whatever, I donned the same costume that I wore last year, which was as Farva from Super Troopers. Mm -hmm. And I had a good time, though. I had a good time. Um, I told you you should have gone as Carl. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be a good one too. But uh, I don't think as many people would get that one, you know. Well, it'd be funny. You can't do it next year, or hopefully you can't do it next year. <laughs> right. Exactly. But well, I probably can't do Farva next year either, right? Yeah. Although, if you actually look at him, like if, I'm like, he's not that fat. No, and you could always put a pillow in your shirt or something. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but yeah, that was a good time. Um, James and I actually went to a place last night, and they were doing a like a whole Halloween thing. They had like a costume <clears throat> contest and all that. So everyone there was dressed dressed as something, and we saw some pretty cool costumes. Mm -hmm. uh, we saw a guy who was dressed as. Who was he dressed as? James Earl Jones? Uh, either that or uh, what's his name? I can't think of the guy's name now, but you know, yeah, the, James Earl Jones was the other guy. I can't remember. Yeah, from the movie uh, Coming to America. Yeah, that was a good costume. 
Oh. <laughs> so he's wearing like this huge like beige coat and a hat and he had like a lion draped over his you know, like shoulder kind of thing. Nice. That'd be a good uh long long play costume idea. If you picked someone who has been in the movies for like forty years and every Halloween just dress up as another one of his characters. So like next year that guy could go as James Earl Jones from Field of Dreams oh, that'd be or something. Cool. That'd be cool, yeah. Like all you're always James Earl Jones. <laughs> That would be pretty cool. That's an idea. Mm-hmm. Do anything Halloween related, Evan? Negative. No? I have I haven't done anything for Halloween in many a year. Probably the last time was when uh we were living in Beltsville. Oh yeah. I was just looking at some, some of those pictures not too long ago. Mm-hmm. That was Seven years ago, something like that. Two thousand nine, I think. One of our one of our buddies, uh, we saw his post on Facebook because he he doesn't live around here. He dressed up as the dude. Yeah, that was a good one. Nice. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Pretty good costume. Mm-hmm. And he had like the whole like like that sweater, what he's yeah. wearing, and all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. Pretty good. Excellent. So, yeah, that's all I got, man. Okay. Would you like to to finalize this episode then? Say goodbye to our fans. Goodbye. F- farewell. Au revoir. Au revoir. Goodbye. Yep, exactly. Goodbye. My face was to come in. Oh, like, sorry. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Although, you know what's funny? I've never actually seen that. No one has. They just know that scene. Mm-hmm. I know it from Family Guy. Yeah. But I know it's from, what is it from? Sound of Music or something? Or one of those other ones? Dance of the Daffodils. I don't know. <laughs> Dance uh, of the Daffodils. Sound of Music. Sound of music. <laughs> Sound of music, music. Yeah. or is it Mary Poppins? It must be Mary Poppins. No, it's the other no, one. Sound of music. Okay. It's the Nazi one. Oh yeah, it's Sound of Music. No, that's um, yeah. that's uh, what's that movie? Is like Dead Snow. No, it, no. I, I'm killing Nazis. It's from that. Oh, Inglorious yeah, Bastard. From Inglorious Bastard, the Bear yeah. Jew. The Bear Jew sings that before he kills fucking the last Nazi. Right. Yeah, so that's exactly how it happened. Nancy's poop. The Bear Jew Melody. The Bear Jew Melody. Sung with an Italian accent. (laughs) Bongiorno. (laughs) Bongiorno, yeah. (laughs) That's good. Oh, good times. Yeah, what were the oh yeah, their guy got killed, right? So they had to do that. Yep. Yep. All right. All right. Well James, find that thing and put it in the show notes. What thing? The guy in his post. The burpee. Burpee, oh, yeah, Burpees.net or whatever. Yeah, I'll find it. All right. Well, I think that's it. Let's put a bow on it, gentlemen. All right. Later. Go ahead. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for joining us in another episode of the IO panel. You can reach us on the various ways to reach us. Facebook, Twitter, 
Not Instagram. We don't have an Instagram account. Exchange a gram. Mm hmm. Peoplefinder.net. No. Um. <laughs> we're in tagged. Yeah, we're on tagged. Uh, Vine. Periscope. Vine doesn't exist anymore. Periscope. Yeah. Um. No, but you can get us on. Uh, reach any of us on Facebook, or you can send an email to feedback at iopanelpodcast.com. Our website is iopanelpodcast.com. And we have links to everything on there, including the show notes, our various social media accounts, and a link to the actual podcast itself, where you can subscribe. You can get your free 30-day trial of Audible and get your free book, iopanelpodcast.com. I'm sorry, what am I talking about? Audibletrial.com <laughs> slash iopanel. Is it iopanel? Yeah. Yeah. Audibletrial.com slash iopanel. But that link's on the website also. So, yeah. Thank you for joining us. And we'll catch you guys next week. Wherever love goes, there is also misery. It's no mystery. And you and I, we got history. Yeah. Wherever love flows, there is also tragedy. When we're in too deep. And you and I, we got history Three.